Access granted. Welcome nerd. Episode 36. Loading file. Load complete. This is the amazing nerd show, Captain Marvel. Yes, we finally got our first look of Captain Marvel. Yes, thoughts, Christian. Uh, I'm glad that they addressed the green suit and the new, the normal suit. Yeah, so you'd be like, okay, people, fucking calm down. Yes, All right. <laughs> the suit's green for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Relax. Um, yeah, yeah. I think everything looks awesome. I was like, I was excited before, but now like. I'm on like ten hype wise, so the suit looks great. Um, the scrolls, man, holy shit, they look fantastic. <laughs> I was not expecting because they, even like comic book artists, have a hard time with them. Mm. It's you know sometimes they're drawn really like goofy and just not intimidating at all. And maybe this you know maybe that's due to some of the stories that have been told with them in the past. Not really to like secret invasion. Have I really like considered them an actual threat? Um, that book did a really good job of making them legit, though. Mm. Um, but they they look like the real deal. They look really like threatening and intimidating, um, just from that one picture. So, and I'm I'm intrigued to see what they do with them. And like, I, I just feel like someone on the Avengers currently is like a scroll or yeah. something like that, right? It's um, That's gonna be like the it's, little it's yeah, most likely, <laughs> or Coulson or something like that. Because exactly. Coulson's in this movie too. Mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed. I wanted to get a little like teaser of Coulson to see him de-age. But Sam Jackson de-aged? How crazy is that? I was like, bullshit. This is just an old phone. Oh my god. Like, it's <laughs> I can't believe what they can do now with technology. Like, and it's like, I don't know, man. It's progressing so quickly. It reminds me of like, what is it, Men in Black? Where they talk about all the like alien technology mm. and like you really think we like advanced that much in the like the last two decades? <laughs> <laughs> um, it just feels like that. It's like how are we advancing this quickly with like the CGI and everything? But man, yeah, this looked like Sam Jackson just walked off the set of um, yes. like Die Hard or like something. Like they had a fucking like time machine. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I don't know. I'm really really excited for this movie. Um, and I knew, I mean course you know we host a show called the amazing nerd shows mm. of course we're going to nerd out about this shit but <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know i i just maybe was sleeping on it or something and just you know it's been on the back burner for so long they really yeah don't show i mean us anything it's the next big thing to come so i think that's just where we were and then we literally have for. avengers 4 like two months later mm. it's going to be like this year all over again with black panther and infinity war it really is so, well, Daniel, do you have any current hopes for Captain Marvel? What do you mean by hopes? what? What do you hope for this film? A really good fucking movie. Um, <laughs> I'm a little hesitant with the whole like it taking place in the '90s thing mm-hmm. 
you know, I guess that's not a hope, that's a fear, but we'll, we'll talk fears. Um, so I just hope that, my hope is that it doesn't, like, I don't know, rest its laurels on, you know, too many, like, 90s gags, you know? I, mm-hmm. I don't need that. Like, I don't need kid and play house party jokes or shit like that. Um, I, I really just want a good film that just happens to take place in the 90s. And I, I will know, say I, I don't I don't imagine um, Carol Danvers being a Nine Inch Nails fan. Huh? Oh, I do. She was wearing. A nice She's all about shirt. rage, man. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if she wasn't, she should be. Um, but yeah, no, I I don't. That was, I, I love that shit though. I did. Um, also, I did not realize that they were going to use. Well, they have Monica um, Rambo's mother. In that, did you catch that? Mm-hmm. Is one of the pilots. Oh, I saw the name. And the it's, ship, yeah, yeah I, that's that's her, because I think she's playing Mary Rambo, I believe was the okay. name of it. So that's actually going to be Photon or Captain Marvel, um, another character who becomes Captain Marvel's um, mother. So I thought that was kind of cool that mm. that's going to actually be part of this equation here. So maybe, you know, in a sequel sure. or something, we'll actually see Monica, like, mm. get, you know. Uh, some screen time so that because she's just a great character and completely underutilized not only you know um you know on the bigger little screen but mm-hmm. in the comic books right now so i'd like to see her get her just due um obviously she that would be an be, interesting character to have on screen yes yes and i mean i think this is a great movie to do mm-hmm. though so um i've been really wanting her to have her own book and she's gotten like mini series here and there but maybe at least this will kind of her until like you know mainstreams you know eyeline and you'll actually see her get a push you know comic wise mm-hmm. so um because i really feel like she got she was part of like luke cage's avengers for a short while yeah. um it seemed like they were trying to do something with her but then it just called kind of went to the did she side. did she show up at the end of the defenders or am i mistaken she, oh, you're Mason talking run? about Bendis's? Yeah. Where, like, that whole hodgepodge group of... She might have been. There were so many <laughs> random characters. I think she was part of Alpha Flight for a little bit. Yes. Right? Mm. Um, I don't know if she's still... Like, I haven't seen her recently. The last time I saw seen? her, she was um, still coaching America, but that was, like, way early as she was of um, America's book by herself mm-hmm. so she was still part of that she was such a, like an 80s staple that I just I don't understand how she kind of fell to the wayside I mean after what happened with Carol in the 80s with you know Rogue taking her powers and she, mm-hmm. her being in a coma she took over that mantle and I believe at one point she might have even been the leader of the Avengers for a short period of time um, so it just feels so weird like the last like two decades has just like completely shit on her <laughs> we really haven't seen her that um, so, cause she's a, she's a fun character. So I, I just, I don't know. That's completely down a rabbit hole, but, <laughs> um, that's just me, you know, I mean, to out. get back to your, uh, nineties comment of worries, I think this film is going to stay a lot in space. So hopefully maybe it won't be so rested in like nineties America, mm-hmm. you know, rather it'll be like, I'm sure there'll be like a couple like one-liners or something. Yeah. Like someone talking about watching like Full House or something ridiculous like that. But hopefully it's not mm-hmm. too much where they're just beating you over the head, you know, with the 90s. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. That's my one like, you know, fear. I love that having it take place in the past gives you a bigger like toy box. 
Um, you know, you have, you know, Sam Jackson, a young Sam Jackson, mm. you have Phil Coulson. Um, you don't have to worry necessarily about all the other Marvel characters because it takes place in the past. So um, I'm just interested to see how they explain, you know, Carol being absent these last, you know, 20 years. You think it's time travel or do you think she's like lost in space or something like that? Or she's like on a mission with the Kree or... I think it's either the mission or it's just time travel. Like, um, okay. that sends a signal I, to the back, to the past. Well, or... I hate it if it's time travel. So I don't want to... Time travel is going to be a part of the... I know. The God, it's I going know. going to be a part. I know, and that terrifies me. Time travel just gives me a headache. I've said it before, so... Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that it's like she's on some kind of mission with the Kree or something, you know, something's happened. But she, he obviously has like a little beacon thing for her, so mm. she's not completely lost. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, we'll we'll find out more. <laughs> I'm hoping that we get a trailer soon too. Yes. I'm guessing probably December, maybe. You know, once those like Christmas movies hit, like the bigger ones, mm. you know, maybe we'll get a trailer. Probably then. Around then. That I, makes sense. I feel like yeah, or like um, a Super Bowl commercial or something. If I were to have a fear. I see Jude Law play villains a lot, and I know he's Captain Marvel, but I yeah, hope he's not say. like a Cree Captain Marvel that like turns evil. On well, them Captain on Marvel or... is Cree. I'm saying like, but you're saying like he would. He doesn't become like an evil character. There was there's a one photo that he's in, and he kind of has this kind of darker look to him, and I immediately started thinking of him and every villain. I think I've you've ever just seen yeah, him. you've seen too much. <laughs> you've been tainted by his like bibliography. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think so. I, I think that would be kind of, I don't know, bastardizing like her origin story. I don't want to see that at all. So, I mean, the reason why she takes on the mantle of Captain Marvel is because mm. of his, you know, I don't know, like, you know, how much she, he meant to her and her career and everything and the, the hero well, she's become. So. I don't mind them playing around with her story either. I don't mind them changing it if they want to, making it... I don't mind them playing, but I feel like that'd be such a stretch, you know? Um, I just can't imagine that. Like, I have a feeling he sacrifices himself to, like, save her or something like that, and that's why she takes up the mantle. Because she's literally... Like, his DNA is, like, part of her DNA. That's how she mm-hmm. gets her powers somehow. So, I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I would... I, I trust Marvel more than that. That seems like a Sony thing to do. <laughs> that definitely sounds like a Sony thing to do. So, um, yeah, I, I hope that's not the case. So, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> but it sounds like you hope you're wrong. Too. Yeah, I so, do. I completely do. Yeah, so, but yeah, man, looks good, man. Mm-hmm. Really does. Halloween trailer. We got a second Halloween yes, trailer. That also looks good. Yes. Yes. How exciting was that? And it looks like it might be a lot of the footage that people saw during uh, Comic-Con this year, the San Diego mm-hmm. Comic-Con, because we're, I mean, I'm that kind of nerd where I was watching people review a trailer that I couldn't see for mm-hmm. months, but I still watched it over and over again, um, multiple reviews. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed this trailer. It got me more excited for the movie. I mean, I was very hesitant before. I'm still not a huge fan of having like Jamie Lee Curtis in this role of, you know, yeah. Sarah Connor basically, <laughs> you know, waiting for Michael to come back, you know, 40 years later. Mm-hmm. Seems a little bit extreme. Um, you know, I, I guess I would, and I think I said this before, I feel like I would understand it more if they were saying Halloween Part 2 was also in canon 
But since they're wiping Halloween 2 out of canon, you know, I mean, yes, three of her friends died, you know, and this guy did try to kill her. Mm -hmm. But, like, to just be on the edge of her seat for 40 years waiting for this dude to come back seems a little much. I'm hoping that maybe that is just something that's in the trailer. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's like, oh, they... They tell her that he's back, and then there's a switch that turns that on in her. See, I, I would rather that. Because they're showing her, like, whip open doors and, like, fucking, like, yes. an arsenal, like, Punisher stuff. The house has lights. <laughs> yes, the floodlights. Yes. Which I, I popped for. All of that, you know. <laughs> I was in the bag for every single moment of that trailer. I love all the homages to the sequels, though, that they threw in there. Like, literally... Um, the boy bumping into Michael walking mm. in, in the very beginning scene is from like straight out of like Halloween two, even to like the costumes those two kids are wearing. Are oh, two the characters the are yes the one little boy has like a boombox on his shoulder, that happens in Halloween two. Michael bumps into mm. a guy with a boombox and he hears on the radio that Lori's at the hospital. Like all the um, victims have been taken to the hospital, so that's how he tracks her. And then the other boy's wearing a pirate, uh, pirate costume, and that's the first um, one of the first things you see when he arrives at the um, hospital. A little boy in a pirate costume with a fucking razor blade in his mouth. Oh, so okay. two like iconic like little scenes. Mm. <laughs> and then they've got the ki- the masks from Halloween three, like all over that trailer. Like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis yells at them to run. And they totally have the skull and the witch and the pumpkin head masks. So that I, I enjoy. But at the same time, I, you know, I get a little worried that it's going to be just all these like crazy Easter eggs. And it's going to take away from the movie. Mm-hmm. A la Friday the 13th remake. Because it just felt like that whole movie was playing like Jason's greatest hits. Yeah. Um, and didn't do anything original or different. So I hope it's not that. Like, you know... I, as a fan, and, you know, I mean, I love fan service, and I love those Easter eggs, um, and it always tells you that the director's also a fan, too. Mm. I mean, someone put up a clip. Like, there's a scene in the... This is crazy. There's a scene in the movie, like, or from the trailer, where Jamie Lee Curtis has this hat on her wall, and then they showed a scene from the original. And it has that fucking hat in it. And it's like just a random straw hat. It's a hat that I've never... Like, I've watched the original probably 50 to 100 times at least at this point. I've never noticed that hat mm. before. But directors love putting those small, yes, tiny elements those in. little mods in mm. it. I just hope... Like, I love all that shit. I just don't want too much. <laughs> like, I don't want it to overtake the movie. You know? So, that's my fear. Because I, for me, Friday 13th, the remake was it was undone by that you know mm-hmm. there's too much of that happening where like even the deaths all felt like you know just bad covers of the original so i don't know i don't know but i mean god i popped for everything i got chills when the music fucking hit when the score hit i mean i was all over this now, this was definitely more of a fan service type trailer i would mm-hmm. say um do you feel that this will have a high body count or low body Victim-wise. I'm going to say hi just because it seems like, I mean, he's starting right off. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the scene where he walks into the house and kills the woman to get the butcher knife, mm-hmm. 
that is in fucking Halloween too. That's how he gets the fucking butcher. And even the fuck, I think I'm gonna have to watch Halloween too. I think even the cut of meat that's on that butcher is the, the same. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. So I mean, it's that hardcore mm. and that detailed right now. So I mean, that might be a way of getting you know hardcore Halloween fans into the theaters. Not that they wouldn't be there anyway. Um, but to let them know you're in safe hands, maybe. Maybe that's why they're showing us those things. Or maybe I'm just the only idiot who will notice all that. <laughs> but I doubt it. So, well, At the same time, that does reach back to your worry. Is this going to be exactly, just that? Exactly. You know? Well, for some people, they might see that and say, oh, that's awesome. Look at mm. this. You know, but for me, I remember Friday the 13th, the remake, and why I hated that movie. And I, I hate a strong word, but why in the long run I feel like it's a lesser you know, of the sequels mm. for that movie. So, um, I don't know. I, don't, I, I am, though, like, I can't wait for, was it 19th? October 19th? Yes. To get here. I can't. So, I already, like, ordered the shirt on Fright Rags. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the movie better be good, because I'll be out of $30. Is, is the shirt coming in before the movie? <laughs> yes, it's a pre-order. I'm not sure. I mm. think so, though. It's supposed to. So, um, it would suck if it came, like, mid-November. So. <laughs> but, yeah. So, yes. Halloween, yay. Um, were you, are you an American uh, horror fan at all? I've dabbled. I would say my mom is more of the fan than I am. But, um, I've watched a couple of seasons. I watched the first five seasons. I really enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it always felt like those, like, this the season would run out of steam towards the end, but, like, there'd be so many awesome, like, episodes that could almost stand on its own that I really enjoyed. Like, I enjoyed even, God, I think it got shit on a lot, but I enjoyed the hotel season a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, God, what, the, the last two seasons, I did not watch any of Colt. I believe that was the last season. But six, I was all gung-ho for. I watched like three episodes and I had no clue what the fuck was going on. It was the first three episodes, mm. but it was like a reality show happening during the actual scene. Like, so you had two sets of like characters, like actors portraying the characters, the real characters going. Like, it was just a mind fuck. And I, <laughs> I was like, okay. I can't keep track of confusing. what's going on. And nothing was happening on top of everything. So I just kind of just like, okay, I guess this is when I walk away from this. Um, skip to now, I just watched the trailer. So it's American Horror Story Apocalypse. It lo- So they rumored this a while ago, but they're crossing over basically um, Murder House and Coven. Mm. Um, Coven's not my favorite season. You know, I enjoyed a lot of the characters from that, but I love Murder House. Murder House was one of my favorite seasons. So, um, the trailer, like, is just balls to the wall crazy. It's, like, literally, like, the end of times. And, like, this group of characters have, like, found this, like, outpost where they're kind of, like, it looks like a medieval castle where they're, like, hidden away. And, like, it shows, like, different characters from those two seasons, like, being involved, which is going to be kind of trippy because they're played by, like, the same actors. So that might be a little confusing and weird. But it, it, I don't know, it sold me. You know, I, I'm going to watch, like, this uh, 
this week. I, I believe it starts next week. Oh, okay. Um, so, which I, I, and I think this is the first full trailer, but they usually do that. They usually keep things pretty under Just in time for fall. Yes, yes. So, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited again for American Horror Story, which it was, it, I mean, it was a really good series. Mm. It really was. And I enjoyed a lot. Like, I mean, if you talk about like fan service and shit, I mean, if you're a horror movie fan, that whole series is just laced with homages to this classic movies and everything. I mean, literally, like, scenes ripped from the movies um, played out in their, you know, in their world. So, I mean, I, I love that shit. I really do. And they, they just well-performed. I mean, just a great cast of, you know, actors and actresses. So I believe Jessica Lange is actually back this okay. season. Um because she's been gone, I believe, the last two. So, and then we get um, Sarah Polson is back. Um, and I, I believe, what's his name? Evan Peters? Peters? Yes, that sounds, Evan Peters sounds correct. Okay, we're going to go with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Christian will look it up quickly while I'm talking. <laughs> I just keep on waiting for that kid to break out. Um, He's got he's, female following. Yeah, but like I... Evan Peters is correct. Awesome. I mean... He was fantastic as Quicksilver yes. in the X Men movies, and he's awesome. I mean, his mm-hmm. range in this series alone is just—I mean, he's a fantastic actor. So I just—I'm waiting for like a huge director to just like lay their hooks in him and just make him like their guy, like one of their feature players, because it just feels like you know, like an actor, a, a director like Quentin Tarantino or something mm-hmm. like that would just love you know a character actor like that. Because that's what he is. He's just a really handsome character actor. Mm. So just really, really talented. Um, I I don't know. I don't. So, but yeah, I will be watching. So maybe we'll actually do a few reviews here and there. Hopefully, hopefully it um, keeps me, keeps my attention for more than three episodes (laughs) this time. Yes. (coughs) You want to usually get past the five episode hump. Yeah, at least, right? And Mm. Like I said, the first five seasons, it did it for me. I really did. I like. I enjoyed Hotel, you know, and a lot of people shit. That's the Lady Gaga season. Ah, okay. So and the weird little vampire kids, but I, I dug it. I did. <laughs> it was trippy enough for me. So, um, yeah. So I. That's really it. That's in the news right now. I believe. Yeah. All right. Should be. So we're on to comics. We're on to comics. So today we are hitting the end. Of Hunt for Wolverine. Yep. <laughs> Sound any more excited, Damon? <laughs> Just muster a little bit. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so, like, this is where we got with, what, 16 issues? Pretty much, I mean... Right, four? There was four times... No, there was four years. times four. And there, oh, yeah. No, four times four is 16, Christian. 16. Oh, God. Wow. Everyone say a pray for American Jews. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. I am wrong. It's called math. Uh, um, I hate math. <laughs> so, Hunt for Wolverine, Dead Ends. Yes. The this was the book that they didn't announce until like two weeks prior. Yes. Because it would have let you know that, hey, these other books, they don't matter. <laughs> and I was hoping, reading this, that I was like, okay, well, at least maybe they'll kind of you know, make those books relevant. Maybe they're they'll call back to something and like, you know, qualify the books almost. Like, oh this this is why you sat through four issues of this. And like I enjoyed um the new Avengers book, mm-hmm. the Animanium book. Um what was the other book that we read? The Mystery of Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was it was okay. well written. I thought it was okay. 
I don't even know. That last issue was rushed. I don't know about well-written. So it just felt like they both had like, okay, this is really what we're introducing. We're going to disguise it in a Wolverine story, mm-hmm. but it's really about, you know, this character or, you know, planting this seed here. So um, we didn't really get much from any of those books about like where Wolverine mm-hmm. actually was. So, and like, I thought maybe they would like, okay, well, actually, you know, Kitty Pride calls Iron Man in the start of this book and um, Daredevil to the mansion. And she sits them down to kind of explain like what has happened so far, like what the other teams have been up to and everything, what they've discovered. So I thought, okay, well, maybe we're going to get this huge, like, you know, almost like Columbo moment where she's like, oh, actually, you didn't notice this or you didn't notice this. Here's this clue. Here's that clue. We didn't get it. Nothing. Nothing that clever or anything. It was like basically, ah, yeah, no, you guys didn't find anything out. And, you know, here, this is what we know. And you guys don't know much. But well, I was expecting that too, where like, she's like, okay, remember that. And then I thought you are going to tell the next story. We'll get little pieces here. And then she's like, remember that. And then did that happen? Nope. No, no, not at all. Right. So, um, yeah, we got all of a sudden alarm going off. Correct, and there's some objects, some weird comet things flying towards the mansion. Ah, uh, yes, yes, and the whole team goes to you know address these things, and for some reason there's only three flyers, which I found yeah. weird. I was like, where's Very the rest odd. of the team? Where's Alpha Flight? Yeah, well, Alpha, they're in space. Yes, but why? why oh, why they... aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. Where, where the fuck is? I'm Alpha going to Flight? mention this every single time. Space, but maybe they're addressing another. Out. You know, space crisis. Sure. Space is a big place, man. <laughs> there isn't Just there saying. like a whole defense system set up for when things. No, that got Earth? taken down though for um during Secret Invasion or Secret um, um, Empire. Empire, yes. You're right. Too many secrets. Um. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So you got the whole team, you know, going ahead and you know basically stopping these weird comet things from hitting the mansion. And leveling, like, you know, Central Park. And we find out that it was just a big distraction. Um, that this weird, like, butler-like being was in the backyard setting up shop. And I don't know. And there's a bunch of corpses on the ground. Yeah. So and we find out. Christian, do you want to take it from here? We find... Do you, do you remember her name? I don't even remember her name. Something with a P? I, I don't know. I know. Well, Some we character find... we've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, we find out that she has Wolverine, mm-hmm. for a fact, and she's just addressing that um, if you come after me, I will continue to kill mutants. Yes. All the corpses on the ground are young mutants that they mm-hmm. have killed. Mutants with who have not actually flourished into mutants yet. Um, who have the oh, X gene. Oh, yes. She has the ability to find the X gene and just eliminate it if she wants. Something Cerebro doesn't even have mm-hmm. that ability. Like you, oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, so you have, you know, that's pretty badass. I will give it to them, mm-hmm. you know, because it did, like, stop the X-Men dead in their tracks. Um, you know, because that's their whole mission right now mm-hmm. is finding these mutants and protecting them. So you've got this, you know... Being telling you, no, I'm going to keep on killing, you know, these young mutants um, if you keep on coming after me. You know, I have Wolverine, I'm telling you right now. And I don't know why she felt the need to, like, reveal herself. Was that apparent at all to you? No. Like, why not just even keep talking about right now, it's even more confusing. <laughs> yeah, right? 
So, I, I, I mean, don't know. they discovered the name of that company, and then they... Oh, that's right. The name of the company on the rocket and something else. Yeah. But, like, and that's what sets off the alarm. But how would she know that? I don't know. And she was obviously planning for this beforehand, because she had the dead mutants yes. already. <laughs> so, I mean, that's how the book opens, is, like, with them, like, you know, injecting these kids, like, kidnapping these kids. Um, it's pretty fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> So she basically tells them, you need to stop, you know, right now. Mm. Stop, you know, coming after us. We have Wolverine and deal with it. We have missions for him. Um, kind of leaves it open, like, what those missions are and tries to make it sound like, you know, they're, like, in the name of good almost. Um, it seemed like she was trying to, like, keep that cloud around it. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, they're not. <laughs> So, I mean, if she's killing young people. Yeah, it's like, how I good mean, could you really yes, be? Yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, you get a distraught X-Men group. Tony's like, you know, come on, guys, we could do something. We got to figure something out. And they're just kind of like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, what the fuck are we going to do? And they're all kind of walking off, um, you know, just feeling lost, I guess. Uh, then we go ahead and we jump to another scene with her talking to... Who Wolverine. Wolverine showed up. <laughs> it only took 16 books. It's not a cyborg Wolverine. You know, it's not, you know, some, I don't know, uh, uh, zombie Wolverine guy. I have no, you know, whatever nope. the hell was happening with Claws of the Killer. It looks like the legit Wolverine. And what does he have, Christian? Flaming Claws. Flaming Claws. Fire Claws. Maybe it's not the legit Wolverine. I hope not. <laughs> Hopes. Why they felt the need to give Wolverine fire claws. <laughs> I mean, I, I I, don't get it. I don't think he needs a gimmick. I don't think you need a gimmick to bring him back. I don't think it makes him more of a threat to have. Like, his claws weren't, like, powerful enough. Unless there's a new type of villain that's going to be showing up that they need that kind of power for. I just Apparently, I they can heat up to, like, a thousand degrees or something. Yeah. But his claws could already cut through everything. So what's the point of it? I don't... Maybe they're going to make a new metal. Oh, God. That's a very DC thing of you to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I can't think of a reason why he would need that. Because I don't feel like it sells comic books. Because, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's a 12-year-old out there who would really dig that. But Someone's going to get it tattooed on him. Oh, God, I hope not. Flaming like, claws. right up there. like that, <laughs> Right next to the, the like, dream catcher tattoo and a coyote <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> a dragon. So, um, yeah. No. Wolverine does not need fire claws. So, no. um, but, yeah. So, it basically sets up where we're headed with Wolverine issue number one, which comes out, I believe... Later this month. Mm-hmm. Um, are you excited for it now? I feel less excited. <sighs> if I'm just basing it off this book and everything that we just read, no. But I'm still excited to see what will Soul will do with Wolverine. Yes. As as knowing him as a writer and yes. everything else but I'm he reading. he did write this. He did write this, but he's cleaning up House of 16 books. Really? Because I felt like he just messed up the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like we needed those 16 books. I don't know. They probably told um, him this is what it is. Go and move forward. Yeah, like, we we need this from you. Try to fill 16 books with some kind of story. And, yeah. 
and then try to do a series. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm very disappointed though. I, I gotta say, um, you know, Marvel so far this year has been great, but this has been a huge disappointment. Mm. This whole, you know, run right now, this whole, cause it's been almost a year in the making, right? The whole, like we found out Wolverine yeah. was back with legacy, correct? So, I mean, that was a while ago. So for that to start, and then I have no idea like how he got the infinity stone. Like exactly. where how that ties in at any point. Well, it might Unless explain we, why he dropped it off if he knew he was about to get. Captured. Maybe that was one of his missions or something that he was on for her. But why would she give up the Infinity Stone? I don't know. Unless that's why he's tied up because he gave it away. And then, but that uh, that timeline just doesn't make sense to where everything else is. Is just... I yeah, I, it's a mess. It's a mess. So I mean, <sighs> issue number one of Wolverine's got to be pretty fucking good. Yeah. To repair this, I mean, crap. it's gonna be a big book. It's gonna be a big sell either way. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's got fire powers now, so of course. <laughs> Ten year olds everywhere will be picking it up. Um, my God, Wolverine to... does not need fire claws. <laughs> ridiculous i just realized this was an x heavy week for us it's next the whole summer is the whole summer is Mm -hmm. though i mean really you think about it so i mean they're really putting the spotlight back on the x-men which is great i enjoy that but give me something better than this Mm. this is gonna help this is not gonna help your cause at least in my eyes. i mean i don't know what other people are saying about this book but man I, i felt like this was shitty the bed i really did well, who knows? Again, by the end of Astonishing, he could be dead. <laughs> he could be. <laughs> he could be, I guess. Not Astonishing. I'm saying the wrong name, right? Exter- uh, ex- un- uncanny. Because un- Uncanny is supposed to be like... Everybody oh, yeah. Everyone's... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's true. So, I didn't mean to kill your segue. Go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Segway away. Extermination number two. Exterminate the past. Eliminate the future. The original team of Teen Mutants may have destroyed the future for all. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Beast's fault. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. I was about to say it's... What a put jerk. It on uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... I enjoyed this book, overall. I thought this was okay. Mm. Um, not... I don't feel like a lot really happened in this book. They, they, the... The X-Men found out that it was a younger Cable, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of like hunting the original X-Men or one of the, you know, beings hunting the original X-Men because they also, they, I think they kind of think Ahab might be like with him somehow. They're not sure what's going on because Ahab's the yeah, it's one It's not who, clear for them. Yes. Which, I mean, it's not clear for us either. Mm. So, um, it definitely feels like Cable's just trying to send them back though. That's what I'm kind of getting from this. Um. You know, but he's doing it kind of a fucked up way. Mm. You know, I mean, this is a younger, more brash Cable. Um, we did see him taking, like, a kidnapping Mimic, um, who's an old, like, X-Men villain. Um, he had a really good run as one of the Exiles for a while. Um, was actually one of the main characters in that book. That was a different Mimic, but, I mean, it made the character, like, relevant and actually cool, but... I don't know what Mimic this is or what version. I'm assuming this is just the 616 Mimic. Um, but Mimic is a character who has all the original like X-Men powers. So I'm interested to see what they're playing at. Like why he would be kidnapping him. If, if it is for some reason he wants those powers. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so 
what what do we have? We we have Ahab show up right yes. at one point. Rachel starts to turn. This is actually towards the end. We're going backwards, aren't this we? This is towards the end. <laughs> I mean, we have before all that. We have Cable literally attacking the group after they decide what their plan is, and um, Cyclops is upset. He runs out. And then we immediately get an attack from Cable. That's right. And they kind of mentioned that they felt like, okay, this has to be a desperate Cable for mm. him to be attacking them, you know, at their home base with this amount of mutants in the building. Um, so, because uh, he goes straight after the, the original Philander. Yeah. Was it, it Cyclops and Angel at the time? Cyclops, Angel. Oh, he goes, he actually hits uh, Hank, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Hank's able to pull it out right before the injection, I guess. Yes, yes, cool. that's right. That's right. I'm sorry, I read this like a week ago. It's so, okay. uh, But yeah, um, I don't know. And then there, there was a whole moment too with Beast, with, you know, our Beast, where he's talking about, because they're kind of like trying to figure out, you know, where Bobby is and everything. And mm. they mentioned that, well, you know, well, Bobby can't be dead because, you know, our Iceman is still here. But the Beast is like, well, technically... <laughs> <laughs> time, time paradoxes traveling yeah, jesus christ travel. oh just a headache um don't do it mcu please so yes so i guess technically he you know because it would make sense okay if you kill the younger bobby one i feel like time should just unravel you know and that's what we've seen you know in the 616 with the x books you know in particular happened before but I guess we're not using those rules right now of time travel. So I know at one point uh, the young Cyclops died and the older Cyclops just disappeared. Um, so I think that's that that's kind of the example they use in the book, mm. right? So, But I guess Beast is saying, no, that doesn't necessarily have to happen. That doesn't have to be so. So they kind of, you know... <sighs> end up making everything more of a threat. Like, they, mm. I think it's their way of making, like, Ahab more of a threat towards those original X-Men. Um, that maybe, possibly, one of them could die here. So, and I feel like they're setting the table for that to actually yeah. happen. So, um, so I don't know, do you think it's, like, Ahab and, like, Cable racing against each other? I feel like it's, Cable knows that Ahab's going after them, so... Cable stress trying to get them out as soon as possible. Possible, yeah. But why would he have to fucking kill Cable like him, like his older self, to do so? Unless he figured that he just wouldn't listen to him. Um, perhaps. I mean, and once again, where the fuck is Hope during all this whole thing? If Cable <laughs> died, if the older Cable died, and fucking like the younger Jean Grey is screaming out loud and the, you know freaking out and like the older Jean. Hope would be a mess. She'd be tearing the place apart. It's just like I maybe I maybe convenient. we're missing something. Like maybe hope is somewhere else, and it's all explained, and we just don't know it. But I feel like hope should be in this fucking book right now. And she should be time for raising hell. You know. <laughs> um. So, but anyway, sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to rant. But yeah, no. Uh, I I feel like it's definitely seems to be like a race between Cable and. Mm. Um, I did like and we'll go back to what I originally started saying I did like that scene though when Ahab does show up and it seems like Rachel's being affected by it it almost seems like it's teasing that she's going to become a hound and he starts talking trash to her and saying mm -hmm. do your do your teammates know who you are do they know like how many mutants you murdered you know and laughed about it you know um, I thought that was a really cool moment um, knowing like Rachel's past and everything 
But lo and behold, who ends up turning into a hound? Old man Logan. That's right, which is interesting. I didn't know he mm. would have any kind of ties to, you know, Ahab. It, like, if, I don't think he can just turn people into hounds. I mean, apparently. So maybe, I'd hope not, but... Maybe there's some kind of history there where maybe at one point Old Man Logan was a hound or something. Like, something we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Or something we're just missing. I mean, there's a lot of fucking comic books out there to read. So maybe it is something I missed. But um, I thought that was that was interesting. So and it that's puts, terrifying puts, at the yeah. same point. Cause it puts that guy. character in an interesting place as well. Because he would immediately feel guilty if he hurt anyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that guy's already carrying so much baggage with him. So, um, And that book is wrapping up soon, so we'll see what they do with that character. They end up sending him mm. back to his, like, you know, timeline or what, but I don't know. Hopefully just kill him off. That's what I'm thinking is going to end up happening. So, I mean, I think he could go out, though, with a bang. You know, maybe in the storyline or maybe in the Uncanny book. Mm. I don't know, we'll see. I mean, they're definitely not going to have two Wolverines. I hope they don't have two Wolverines running around. That's so. twice the money, Damon. Oh, God, twice is it? Twice the money. Is it? I, and then we, let's give old man Logan fucking fire claws. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can have fire claws. Uh, so anyway. three heated up. <laughs> but I did enjoy this book overall. So, I, you know, I'm curious to see where they go with it mm. and what the story is. I... I don't know. Like, it just feels like an impossible question to answer. Like, how to fix this. Like, this. I mean, everything's got to be a huge time paradox right now. Like, with, mm-hmm. you know, the young X-Men even being there. Oh, that was another great scene. A uh, young Cable fucking sawing off Angel's, yes, Angel's wings. wings. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, and I the way I took that was like, well, I can't send him back with these fucking fire wings. Um, so maybe that's why he was doing that. It was very, like, Mutant Massacre from, like, the 80s. Um, you know, where Angel originally, like, lost his wings and went fucking ape shit. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this Cable's not messed around. Young Cable does mm. not give a shit. So, it's kind of cool to see this character in this, like, stage of life. I don't believe we've ever seen this version of Cable, like, at this age. Mm. So, um... You know, he's on a mission, he's on a fucking mission. There's no doubt about it. Oh, it's go time for him. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you, I mean, did you enjoy this overall? Overall, I enjoyed the book. Um, I'm I'm happy to see where it's going. I want to know what's going to happen next. I'm mm-hmm. still interested in the story, and that's I think that's the most important part. This is definitely, as I think you said, off my a middle issue. Yes. For yes. this, so. Yes, this definitely felt like, you know, it, I mean, a lot happened, but not a lot happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like they're trying to tie up a lot of loose ends with this book, too. You know, like, with Bloodstorm dying. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they're gonna start going after, like, some of these, like, time displays, like, X-Men to kind of clean up, you know, the X-Verse, in a way. Not have so many of these, like, you know, I don't know, like, doubles of characters yeah. running out, like, younger selves and everything running around. And you know what? I have no problem with me neither me neither and i mean it's a huge like x-men trope to have all these like time displaced characters and everything but i'm fine with it the only doubles i can handle usually is spider-man so (laughs) god (laughs) i'm having like clone saga nightmares so but all right what else did we read christian speaking of clones we have (laughs) x-23 i'm on a roll today oh my god (laughs) Speaking of fucking clones. 
Um, this is one of my favorite clones, though. Mm. Right? <laughs> and she's not a... She's not a... We found out, right? She's not an exact, like, clone. No, she has... She has... Her mother's yes, DNA. DNA. Right. So there we go. So there... She's more of like a test tube baby then, really, right? Yes, but the... Okay... She's not a direct, cl- not a hundred percent clone, but I mean, she has clones of her. I know. And yes, I, the, the no, analogy no. still works. And for from years, this. she's been no, no. I'm not shitting on your segue. <laughs> your segue was gold. I'm just saying. Now we know that she's not necessarily because mm. years we did like just assume she was a direct yes. clone of Logan, but no. Okay, she's more of a tester baby. So I mean, it's not. It doesn't roll off the tongue though. So. We'll just call her a clone. All right. X-23, number three. And I will go ahead and I will read the blurb. Uh, Laura has faced plenty of threats in her day. And when those threats take aim at Gabby, all bets are off. But the stakes are even higher and the consequences more dire. When Laura comes up against the psychic super threat, the cuckoos. Dun, dun, dun. All right, Christian, what happens in this book? All right, so we have Laura. Literally, it picks up right off the last issue with um, the Cuckoos taking um, Gabby. Gabby's in the back of their van, and what we, from what we can see, uh, Laura is on the hunt. She is jumping off her car. She's going through the highway. Beautiful She's, sequences. Yes, uh, absolutely gorgeous art during this yes. moment. And um, this is a uh, Juan Cabal is mm. the artist, and I, I hope I'm not butchering his name, but. <laughs> beautiful i love his artwork um a lot of it really like echoes to me um god what's his name frank frank grant it's grant morrison's like i know go-to art guy like he was part of like the team that uh that brought us like the new x-men everything Mm -hmm. frank clinton i believe is his name um something about it like just like the faces are like just a little off and weird um it reminds me a lot of Frank Whitley's work on like New X Men, so it just kind of has this weird like edge to it, um, very stylized. But like the panel work and everything, mm-hmm. and the scenes, like the action scenes too. Like this is like a total like nothing scene, and we've seen this scene like a million times in like other comic books, yes. like you know running through traffic or something. It'd be a total like throwaway in like two panels just to show you how the character got from like point A to point mm-hmm. B. He makes this like a spread, and it is gorgeous. Um, I really, really enjoy his artwork. Yeah, I was looking at this and I was like, I want to save these as posters. Like, yes, these are beautiful, beautiful. Anyway, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, she takes down a car. Uh, she takes down a van that looks exactly like the Cuckoos, and we find out that the Cuckoos still had a mental block on her and tricked her into chasing the wrong car. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an item of. Gabby's in that van for her to find so that she was still finding the scent. Mm-hmm. Um, what we find out with, uh, so she, Laura goes back to um, the doctor, uh, asks her what was she working on? Uh, what are they For doing? them. Yeah, yeah, what are they doing? You know? And she, the doctor's still kind of like under it, right? A little fucked She's up like stuff. coming out. She's like starting to realize, oh, I was in a church, not my lab. I have no idea what I've been doing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Laura being Laura trying to speed up the process threatens her life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which sped up the process. Yes. Um, she finds out that she's like building like some kind of like machine for that. Yes, it like will put the consciousness of a psychic person within her type of body that can handle, uh, cause for some reason the body that she had before the materials were degenerating real fast. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas, of course, Laura can regenerate nonstop. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Comic book science, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so they grab um, Gabby, and that's what they're planning on doing, is taking um, the one cuckoo sister, the evilest one. I can't remember her name at the moment. Is it Emma? It's Not Emma. That's Esma? Uh, Esme or something like Esme? that? Esme? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. The so evil that, one who joined the Brotherhood of, you know, evil mutants mm. originally. And Grant, and Grant Morrison's run. So oh, okay. there's a little time <laughs> um, So yeah, she's sitting in the chair. They have Gabby in the chair. Um, Laura enlists the help of Angel as fast as she can. And uh, Angel flies her over to the right uh, building. She doesn't let Angel know anything because she doesn't want him to be taken over by the cuckoos. Mm. And she just jumps into action. And she gets in there, they hit the button, and that's how the issue ends. Yes. And it's, and it's, it's li- that fast of an issue. And it's, it's literally her lunging, mm-hmm. like, at them um, as it's going on. So, I mean, so it ends on a cliffhanger. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, all the, the besides the, I mean, I guess there's only been three issues, but the, the last issue also, super fast paced, but well done mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, you know, I don't, I think, is this monthly? I, I believe so. Is it monthly? Okay. Um, it just, I mean, usually when a book like this is that quick pace, it's almost like a letdown. Like, okay, mm. I waited a month for this book, and it's like, you know, a two minute read. But this does not feel that way at all. Um, this really leaves you on the edge of your seat. Um, you know, it's kind of a simple story, but I don't know. I, I've really enjoyed it so far. Uh, I'm curious to see what's going on um, and what exactly is going to like what's going to be the end game here mm. um you know i like a, the idea of a possessed like gabby you know i mean i could imagine what they could do with her with you know those powers and everything. exactly and especially you know that coco like she's like fucking badass evils all get out so um it does feel like the one sister might be I don't know, leading towards, you know, actually kind of betraying them. Yes, there's a cuckoo that seems to always be nice to Gabby, no matter what she says. Gabby has a lot of great lines in this, by the way. Yes. She's making, kind of playing around with the fact that she's in captivity the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and trying to, like, almost, you know, trick them into, mm-hmm. like, you know, like pleading with them, but not really pleading with them in a way. Um, you know, she's just a charming character. She yes. really is. Um, like I said before, though, I could see her going the other way very quickly, though. If the, if the wrong writer gets yes. hold of her, she could easily become a very annoying character. That's what happened to Jubilee a lot of mm. the time. So she, Christian, I know you don't want to hear this, but she has a very strong, like, Jubilee vibe to me. Mm. Um, I could definitely see, like, her end up becoming, like, a Wolverine sidekick, because Wolverine always takes, like, you know, his, like, female Robin character (laughs) almost, you know? He did it with Kitty, he did it with, you know, Jubilee. Keep away from Flame Claws. Even Rogue (laughs) Flame Claws. He's got to change his name to Flame Claws. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck this whole Wolverine moniker. You'll be known as Flame Flame Claws Claws. from now on. Um, yeah, so anyway, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm just, I, I think this is really good storytelling, mm. you know, and I, I love these characters, um, so I'm glad that they're getting so much focus right now. Um, this book has been enjoyable. I have not been, like, a regular reader of, like, any of, like, X-23's, mm. um, runs, 
So um, I'm always glad that she's getting them, though, because she is such an interesting character, even though she's got that, like, clone heritage and everything. Um, just, like, from the team books and everything, like, from, you know, when she was with, like, uh, the young X-Men, yeah. you know, the original five X-Men, or from when she was with X-Force. Like, I love what they did with her in X-Force and everything. So um, this really just continues my faith in the character, and I'm, you know, I'm glad that she's sticking around. I do wish she was still Wolverine. I thought mm. there was room for her to also go by that, you know, name. There can be two Hawkeyes. There can be two Wolverines. Yes, I agree. So, um, I, I, I don't think people would be confused by that. Yeah. It wouldn't be a big deal. Um, but yeah, so, but I, I also liked kind of the idea of like why she took back, you know, her slave name, if you will. Mm. Like, you know, she kind of makes a point to like, you know, say, you know, I, I mean, I took back this damn name that I hate you know, just for this mission, basically, um, you know, to hunt down, you know, anyone who would tamper with, you know, their DNA. So I thought that was pretty cool. But, you know, we will see. Um, <laughs> this is, I believe this is, is this concluding next issue? I hope not. <laughs> I don't know how many issues this run is. Yeah. Together. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It feels like it's definitely on that pace right now. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, which the four issues does feel like a short arc, so maybe it's got a couple more issues left. But yes, it was a fun, it was a fun issue from start to finish, and I definitely left me going, no, just like her, when I got to the end. Yes. God, the art is fantastic. Yes. I mean, that's not to, like, sell the storytelling short, but that art just sells it, man. It really does. I mean, art is important. It's, yes. It's, it's still... Well, it's we've seen it. I mean, look at, you know, some of the Hunts for Wolverine mm, Like Mystery so Mandrapore. Yes. Just, that ruined... That makes me not want to purchase any of those. Yes. To have, like, on my wall or anything. Because it's just... Yes. So harsh. That yes. All the characters look the same. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And you have such distinct characters, and mm. they all literally look the same, you know? So... And that was a great cast, too. They did that book no justice. So... Um, but yeah, so that's going to do it for comics this week. Yes. On to wrestling. Ding, ding. Hey guys, if you enjoy pro wrestling, and even more so enjoy fantasy booking, then head on over to my podcast, Omega Luke Pro Wrestling, after you've listened to the Amazing Nerd Show, obviously, and check out one of our episodes. So far, we fantasy booked the tag team division, Cat Hawkins losing streak, Marty Scale joining WWE, and even done an episode with what culture YouTube man and professional wrestler himself, Simon Miller, on how we would book CM Punk returning to WWE. On Fridays, I also have bonus episodes reviewing the week's NXT and the Wrestle of the Week segment. So check out Omega Luke's Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or however else you listen to your audio. And if you have any other questions or suggestions, I'm on Twitter at Omega underscore Luke. Back to Christian and Damon. <sighs> that good old. Are we talking wrestling. WWE first? Yes. All right. Do we have to? <laughs> Unfortunately, there was a lot to talk about. <laughs> there was. Not all of it good. <laughs> Not all of it terrible. That is true. That is true. So Raw started. All right. Yes. <laughs> with Braun and his new buddies in the ring. Uh, as Braun, Drew McIntyre, and Dulce. And Braun is a full-fledged heel now. So he kind of gives an explanation of why, you know, he's, you know, joint up with these guys. Um, 
you know, blames a lot of it on, you know, on Roman and him, you know, bringing out the shield mm-hmm. to protect him and everything. So kind of like you'll, you know, you have your backup, I have my backup now. Um, both, you know, Drew and Dolph, you know, get on the microphone and, you know, make their little statements too. Um, didn't feel like it really lined up with, you know, <laughs> Braun's thought process, but there's no doubt that Braun is a heel mm-hmm. now. Uh, so. Did Dolph exclaim that they were like going to be the greatest like, power group? Yes, they did. Yeah, he did go through the whole, which I feel like every faction does nowadays, mm. you know, that lasts for like two months. You know, he said they're going to be greater, uh, more dominant than the Nation of Domination, which is hilarious because the Nation of Domination sucks. <laughs> so I don't know what that even means. Um, you're going to fight with the fucking a skull and eight ball and, you know, the, mm. God, the Lost Bariquas. <laughs> They, I mean, yes, people love The Rock and Farouk and maybe even D'Lo, I guess, but they weren't a very dominant group, but whatever. So um, he threw out DX. I think he threw out NWO, I'm not sure. But anyway, so they're affectionate. I'm cool with that. Like, I, you know, I think it's ridiculous that they've turned Braun heel mm. um, just to kind of get Roman over. You know, it feels, like I said before, very desperate. I don't think it's going to work. But I will say this, people did start booing Braun here. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. But WWE was very, very smart on how they were kind of booking like Roman. Like they had them all come out together. So there's never a time where it was just Roman, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the one There was one moment at the end of the show where Roman was by himself for a second. They literally just started booing right away. So I think they're going to make sure he's standing next to Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose at all times, at all costs. So, um, you know, they're just that desperate right now. Wow. Um, I really do, like, you know, what we talked about last, or two weeks ago, where I was really hoping to kind of see this, like, you know, almost like gray area shields where, you know, they're Mm -hmm. there protecting Roman and everything. They're not going with that. They're full faces at this point. Um, so anyway, they're doing their little spiel in the ring. Um, Braun and his buddies, they, they don't have a name. So that right away makes me a little nervous that they're not going to be sticking around too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually they name the factions pretty quickly. So, uh, But yeah, all of a sudden the Shields music hits. They do the old school entrance through the crowd. Um, you know, um, Right away, Corbin you know, runs out and sends like all of the heel locker room down to um, stop them. So um, they get through them right away, though, because really, who's in the heel locker room right now? Mm. So they go right through them. They start surrounding the ring. um, And then all of a sudden, all of the faces come down. And it's just a giant pull apart between the two groups. And they brawl and brawl. It was actually pretty entertaining. I will say that. they brawl all the way, like, up the ramp to the back. You see them, like, you know, bra- brawling in the back. I think we might have gone to a commercial break at some point, and then we come back and we mm. see the shield getting loaded up into a paddy wagon. And, you know, Dean Ambrose is, like, spitting on cops and stuff. I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, for some reason they arrested the shield and not, you know, um, you know, Braun and them. 
But yeah, so that's, you know, how we start off the show, which it was a good start to the show. Like, I love faction warfare. I'm, you know, I'm a 90s guy, so I'm all about the factions. You know, I, I, I do enjoy that. That is, you know, you know, something that does check all my boxes, mm-hmm. you know, especially when I feel like WWE doesn't do it enough with their, you know, with factions, you know. You how'd, you, a, how'd you feel about that faction list, by the way? What do you mean? What was they, the uh, WWE had put out a like list of the greatest factions, and um, the Shield was number one. Uh, I think that's bullshit. No, absolutely. Well, what were they basing it on? Um, it was just it was just like a random post. I mean, they were really. I mean, they were dominant. There's no doubt. Mm. I mean, they took out like especially before they even like won any belts. I mean, they were taking out everyone. I mean, they took out Cena. They took out Undertaker. Um, so they were dominant, but I really felt like most of their success came after they broke up. So I can't, you know, give them the number one ranking when you have groups like Evolution, like holding all the titles at once, or groups like the Horsemen for fucking crying out loud, the first original faction, you know, holding all the belts at once. Like if you're going to be a faction, like you have to be dominant and you have to have all the belts in my eyes. So. I can't get them number one. It was Undisputed Era, Freebirds, Nexus, Heart Foundation, New Day, Evolution, NWO, DX, Four Horsemen, Shield. That's the order? Is that from... That's, that's 10 from to 10 1. 10 to 1, yes. Undisputed Era's on the list? Yeah. They're not even, like, technically part of the main roster. <laughs> that's a very short time. Of course, the Bullet Club's nowhere on there, right? No. <laughs> New Day's on there? Yep. New six. Day's, I, I can't even consider, like, New Day doesn't even go off, go after any single titles. I don't even help. Like, to me, they're just a tag team. The ten best factions of all time. Yeah, they can go fuck themselves. So, w- who it's, knows? It's a legit WWE post. Which I, what, I they, looked, they could still go fuck themselves, <laughs> legitimately. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like, when I saw this, I was like, no, man, this is just, like, some fans making some shit up, and I looked... Why are they basing that on? on? Like, who who came up? Was that voted on? No, it's just something they posted to Instagram. Yeah, whatever. And it just says, what, which they're one just, is your favorite? They're just trying to get over the, you know, the shield even more so. Over the four horse. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That makes me want to just cancel my subscription right now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> and I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the shield, you know, in the beginning. So mm-hmm. I really did. I, I can't, you know, I'm not taking anything away from them. But they're not the number one, like, faction of all time. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Maybe you make a case for it, like, in the WWE. But not when you have, like, the four horsemen and the NWO in, on, the, on the table. You can't. No. No, as much as I hated the NWO by the end of that run, mm-hmm. you know, I can't sit there and tell you the Shield was a better faction than the NWO. So, um, they literally, like, you know, almost won the Monday Night Wars for WCW for crying mm-hmm. out loud. They were so over. So, that that's ridiculous. Um, but anyway, what the hell was I talking about? I didn't mean to do... do no, 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 no. I'm glad you brought that to my attention, because fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even put them over Evolution. 
Because Evolution all had the belts, and look at the look at that roster. Mm. You know, it was part of Evolution. They're all like multi-time world champions. That's insane. So and I guess Shield is too, but I just to me it's a different caliber because of the era that they were in, too. Um, well, I mean, I can't deal with New Day being no, above no. Heart Foundation. Heart Foundation, and that's like I guess they're counting like the Heart Foundation where it's like Brett and like his whole family. Yeah. Okay. That's not just the tag team, the Heart Foundation. No, it's five. The Heart Foundation was great, but they were around for only like maybe six, seven months. They weren't like a long-term thing. So, I mean, I get it. that It was an awesome group, <coughs> but I mean, I don't know. Yes. Yes. I mean, I understand what you're saying, though. Can you put them in good consciousness like above, you know, the Heart Foundation, though? <laughs> no. If you want to go like toe-to-toe, yeah. No. You got Owen Hart, Bret Hart. Brian fucking Pillman. I mean, the, the British Bulldog. Come on. No. Get out of here. <laughs> Go home, WWE. You're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> so the Shield is basically a non-factor for the rest of the show. Um, till the very end, of course. Mike Rome giving you updates throughout the show. Yes. Yes. Ridiculous updates. <laughs> So, like, they're actually being processed and figured out. Like, what? What is happening? Get out of here. Oh, there's been so much backlash on that as well. Like, people are um, having to defend Mike Rome because of, uh, of that. Like, um, what is his name? Uh, he's on the announce table. Um, Who are you talking about? Graves? Graves, Graves uh, made the comment. Oh, we got into touch with um, Otunga. Otunga has connections. And that's how they sped up the process so much. What? <laughs> what the hell is going on? Because you know there's no way in hell they went in front of a judge. Yes. They paid bail. They... <laughs> Wrestling, my friend. Wrestling. <laughs> All in one night. Yes. In, within oh, three hours. And they came back driving a police <laughs> car. It's like, what the fuck? Did you steal this? Did you escape from prison? What the hell's going on? Uh, but we'll we'll get to we'll that get segment. That, yeah. But yeah, so um, all right. So you also, and we'll we'll stay with you know this new faction mm. for a little bit. So, and I'm hoping that they are a full fledged faction. So you get them going up to Corbin and saying, uh, you get Drew and Dolph going up to Corbin and basically making their case to be in the tag team title uh, match, um, because they have nothing going on, like almost out of boredom. And, you know, Corbin's like, I can't, you know, we already have a championship match, but, you know, you know, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do if you want to wait till next week. And, and then Dolph, you know, kind of inquires, well, what if something happens to, you know, the revival? And then Baron's like, well, I guess, you know, then maybe there's a possibility. So sure enough, like next segment, you see them taking out the revival. I like that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I like a faction that like has a point, you know, win championships. Um, acting like a true faction. Like, I don't... Face factions, for me, make no sense whatsoever. Um, You know, unless you're defending against another faction, maybe. But otherwise, you know, this is what factions are for. You know, to cheat. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, there's power in numbers, and that's exactly what they're doing, even though it's just two-on-two. But they jumped them. So, um, I enjoy that. I like the fact that, you know, maybe you are going to kind of see, like, a power thing going on. You know, maybe they get Corbin in their back pocket or something, and, you know, they're using him to kind of pull strings for them. 
I could I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a weird dynamic to have Braun part of this group just because it feels like Braun is his own faction, maybe. Yeah. But and he could easily handle, from what we've seen, could probably handle the shield on his own. Although he hasn't, though he's been taken out by the shield before. Yes, so I mean, I mean, the shield's the number one faction ever. So <laughs> <laughs> fuck yourself, WWE. Um, but <laughs> anyway. Um, so it seems like they're trying to juice up the tag team division a little. It, yeah. It seems like they're trying to, like, oh, maybe we should take this shit seriously, right? Mm-hmm. So you do have Dolphin uh, McIntyre win the tag team belts. Thank fucking God. All right? Yes. No B-team, more B-team. No more. I'm sure they'll get a rematch, but yes, B-team is, is done. You know, they dominate them. Um, you know, it did get a little close there for a little I was like, oh, my God. If they fucking beat them, I will be so pissed off. But no, they end up winning the belts. Um, so there's definitely a power play going on. Mm. Will they possibly just drop the belts to the shield at Hell in the Cell? Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe. You think they're definitely going to win? Absolutely. I don't know if they'll definitely win. They'll probably win at some point down the line. But I feel like, yeah, there's a strong chance. Shield all the titles? Absolutely. I think they'll eventually get there. Mm. I don't know if they'll do it right off the bat. It depends on how long they want to stay with the, the storyline. So, um, especially if you have Roman going over, I don't know if they want to like just you know, I feel I feel like that squashes this faction right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how long they want to stay. I mean, it'd be interesting if all like if Braun was holding the belt plus them having the tag. That would be, be great. But... And then you've got like Corbin in their pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's see that sounds so positive that I can't imagine. <laughs> Positive to us, though. Yes. You know? To your casual fan, that's not positive. But I think the real story is the faces chasing after the title. Um, but WWE has always been classically what you would call like a babyface territory, where the babyface is always in control. So it's always the heel chasing after the mm-hmm. babyface. Where like the NWA back in the day, and even WCW to a certain extent, was more of your classic like heel like territory where you have a group of baby faces chasing after heel. Um, Vince has always booked, you know, his shows where he wants the crowd going home semi happy. Um, except when he's shoving Roman Reigns down your throats. So, um, I don't foresee that happening, maybe for a little bit. I mean, it did happen with Evolution where they, they did all have the titles at one point. Mm. Um, so I would love for it to happen too. That'd be great. And I think it's a more intriguing story. But, you know, they don't obviously give a shit about, you know, story. Well, or keeping things intriguing. Let's talk about the baby elephant in the room. Okay. What is that? Uh, AOP got a manager. <laughs> and I am I was just blown away by the image of Maverick in the same uniform as I that. thought it was hilarious. What were they thinking? What do you mean? Him and this I think it's for comedy part of it. But you know what? I will defend uh Rockstar Spud. You know, I know he... What's his name now? Maverick. He's fantastic on the mic. Mm -hmm. And he's hilarious. He's a super entertaining character. So, if they're not going to go with Paul Ellerly, you know, I'm okay with him being a manager. I'm glad that there's a manager here. Mm. That team needs a manager. But he could have came out with a suit. He could have kept his his 205 Live (laughs) manager look. But holding over... I, I I don't know. I was fine with it. It made me pop. 
I thought it was funny. I they knew it was funny. Mm. They didn't do it because they wanted him to be taken seriously. <laughs> it's it's to get heat. But that team does look how worked up you are right now. It's to get heat. Oh, uh, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's to get heat. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. So he is going to be their heater. He's going to be the guy on the mic who looks ridiculous, who's talking tough, you know, with these giant guys behind him. So that's exactly what they're. And going I wonder to. how does this affect his role in two hundred five live? I don't know. Do you care? Do you think he just they kick him off? Or? I don't know. I mean, this is an upgrade for him. Sure. No one watches 205 Live, right? <laughs> I've heard he's done a great job, though, and mm. I'm not surprised. I was really happy that WWE was willing to, like, you know, sign him. Mm. Um, he can wrestle, too. So, um, but yeah, I was happy that they brought him on board and they were, you know, the, the scent of TNA wasn't too much for them, mm. you know, because there was for a while where it was like a stench if you just, like, was even in, like, TNA for a little bit. Um, he was great with EC3. So I'm wondering if they are calling him up a little early before EC3 gets here and eventually like pair them up together again. Because he was he was fantastic with EC3. So why not make that a whole faction? There you go. You know, I love it. <laughs> faction warfare. Well, it won't happen. happen. <laughs> and McMahon, classically, he does not like factions. I know. He's not a faction guy. So, but yeah, no. Um... But yeah, so I, I like I said, they seem to be kind of putting more stock into the tag team division all of a sudden because you also got Bobby Roode and uh, Gable teaming up together. And it seems like they're going to end up being a tag team the way they're trying to sell it. I mean, it's two talented guys. At least they're doing something um, together. They had a really good match. They have good chemistry. Bobby Roode is a fantastic tag team wrestler. Um, so if you're not going to... If you do anything with him... You know, at least let him be part of a fucking tag team right now. I mean, does it work visually, those two together? No. No? <laughs> Character-wise? Well, I guess I can't even say character-wise, because Bobby Root really hasn't been himself since he's been up on the WWE. Mm. So, um, but just two fucking great wrestlers together? I can deal with it. I really can. I mean, especially with what we've been getting tag team-wise out of the Raw brand right now. So, um, but yeah. No. Do they change his gimmick? Do they start to pull away from glorious no because they were both coming out doing the glorious thing that's great so they were they were even using that more that song's too over they're not going to get away from that song you know the only way they get away from that song is that they turn him a heel mm. you know because that's a baby face song that's too hard it's fans are going to cheer you with that song no matter what I don't care how much of a heel you are that song's too damn good so who's the who? what's the group um I'm not remembering at the moment. Okay. <laughs> um, that's one of their better songs. So, God damn it. What the hell's their name? It's not What's His Name. Jimmy Johnson or whatever no. his name. From, he's gone. He's been gone for a little bit. C-O something, right? Is there a C? C-Foss. It's like um, C-O-F and then it's a dollar sign. There we go. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I hate it. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah. that's definitely C-O-F. one of the, C-O-F. C-O-F, C-O-F, whatever, whatever. Well, that was definitely one of their better things. So, um, but yeah, no. so this seems like it's going to be a team or it's just going to end up being a few, but I, it feels like it's going to be more of a team. So it seems like for some reason they're trying to bone up on the, uh, tag team division. I'm not sure if it's just because now they want, you know, teams to go after either Dolphin, you know, um, 
McIntyre or, you know, possibly Dean and Seth. So, um, how do you feel about Seth being the IC champ and the tag team champs if he, if they do end up winning the belt? I feel like the IC title is going to, like... Go to the wayside? Yeah. Yeah. Real fast. Yeah. So, I hope they don't win it. I really do. Um, they totally will not. Uh, <laughs> so... To classify it underneath the weird, WWE pushing this Undertaker-Triple-H match down our fucking throats, trying to make people desperately care about this match. Mm. I will say, like, Triple-H's pro- promo was pretty good. HBK? Um, no, 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 I'm talking about from oh, last week. Okay. From last week or two weeks ago, he did a promo in the ring. It was decent. It was one of mm. his better promos in a while, so trying to sell us this match. They've been doing the little vignettes where they've been asking, like, former uh, Hall of Famers, not former Hall of Famers, former wrestlers who are Hall of Famers, um, like, who they think is going to win the match. And they're trying to, like, build this thing up. So this week they had HBK come out um, to make his prediction, pretty much. Um, you know, and he was sitting there talking about, like, the history of the feud and everything, but why you shouldn't count uh, Triple H out. And then lo and behold, all of a sudden you hear the gong, you know, strike and the Undertaker comes out, which was a huge surprise. The crowd went fucking ape shit for this. Um, it was interesting because it seemed like the heat was more between like HBK and Undertaker. Mm-hmm. It almost seemed like they were like teasing a match between those two the entire time. The focus became on those two. Um, very quickly, you know, like kind of making Undertaker, you know, said, you know, it was almost like, well, you're only saying this because of, you know, that I retired you basically, you know, you've got beef with me for ending your career. Um, and then like HBK is like, you know, I could be like other wrestlers and come back at any point, you know, I mean, God knows, you know, have come back after six months. Um, but you know, I'm the one guy to, you know, honor our match and everything out of respect to you. And the Undertaker's like, out of respect or fear. And then, you know, they have this big moment and everything. I will say this. Those two in the ring make everyone else on the roster look like shit when they get <laughs> on the microphone. And these guys are, like, in their 50s. Mm. You know, Undertaker might be closer to 60 now. I don't even know. But, my God. I mean, the way they are working the crowd on the mic, the way, I mean, their facial expressions the entire time, how they're selling, they're just light years ahead of everyone mm-hmm. and they're not doing it on a weekly basis um you know their their promos were definitely not scripted hbk seemed like he got a little lost here and there in the beginning but man i mean when it came time to like sell that shit he fucking sold every moment of it and he they had the crowd in the palm of their hands um and i think a lot of it has to do with them not being i'm sure not being completely scripted mm-hmm. like the other wrestlers because they just know how to work a crowd and go off of, you know, the vibe that they're getting from the audience. Um, just, I mean, and, and these are two of the best of all time. So, I mean, it's not saying anything mm. against the roster, really. But it just, it was glaring the difference skill-wise on the microphone. You know, the only people that right now on the roster who I feel like is even comparable is like Samoa Joe and like Kevin Owens, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and like... John Cena's great on the mic, but he's not there, you know, anymore. So everyone else, it's just, I don't know. They're just light years ahead of them. So, um, you know, it was an interesting segment. 
Um, there was those rumors. I don't know if you remember this. Um, when they had the whole Saudi Arabia, um, deal going on. Oh yeah. Where they wanted HBK. They wanted HBK, and they were like WWE was going to offer him a ridiculous amount of money to wrestle a match, and he told them, out of respect for me, don't even offer it to me, because like he had some kind of family commitment mm. where he didn't want to be in that spot. So. I don't know. It just made me very curious to see, like, okay, are we possibly getting, like, in my mind, it goes right away, like, are we possibly, like, what a great way for The Undertaker to go out. Yes. It's like HBK retiring. Retiring him. Yeah. That would be amazing. Go full start. I don't know how a match would be, but. I think HBK probably could still go. Yes, Um, but I don't have faith in Undertaker. HBK could make a WrestleMania match with us, though. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> like right now <laughs> like if you put us in the middle of the garden and like oh, I'm the bell rang Shelton Benjamin spot <laughs> Christian you would trip over that rope so <laughs> but anyway so I, I have no doubt that HBK is like the one guy and that's I could see Taker being like okay for my last match, I needed to be Shawn Michaels because it'll be number three. I do number three. Yeah, I'd right? watch that. That that pay for WrestleMania right there. Yes, I agree. I agree. I don't know if it's gonna happen, um, but I just hope it's at Mania. If they do do it and not oh, it has fucking to be. like the greatest Royal Rumble two or something like that. You know, that's my fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I thought that was kind of I don't know intriguing that they had that going. So, uh, you remember last week when uh, Kevin Owens quit? He wait, he quit. Yeah, he quit. You remember? Yeah, he quit last yeah, week? he did. You well, sure. Yeah, guess what? He looks like he was a full fledged. He's, he's back. <laughs> Bobby Lashley was in the middle of the ring meditating with Ginger Mahal for I don't know why. Anger management. You know, Corbin ordered him. Um, yeah. So then, all of a sudden, Kevin Owens jumps him. You know, takes him out, does the power bomb on the apron, um, and yeah, he's back. So I'm guessing what they're doing is last week when he was on the microphone, he was blaming one of the reasons why he's been having such a shitty time on Raws because he lost Sami Zayn. Um, Lashley was the one who took out Sami Zayn mm. technically, so maybe that's why he's going after Lashley. Um, it's really disappointing. Um, even if this was what they were planning on doing, let it simmer a little for crying out loud. He just said, I quit last week. And it was a moment. Like people were talking about it. You had the rumors going around that he was going to kind of get repackaged and retooled a little and be put with Paul Heyman. So people start to really like daydream and speculate what that would look like. I, God knows we did. Um, and to have it just kind of like, okay, you know, next week. I'm back, and he's you know in a feud with Bobby Lashley, and it's going to be a total like mid curb snooze fest, and I don't know. I mean, I guess there's time for Heyman to become part of it, and you could kind of retool him on the fly, but it just feels like it means nothing. Like that whole segment, that whole match meant nothing, and it was a great match too. Um, but yeah, it just it was like just for a week payoff, you know. It, it, I don't get it, you know. Get, at least. Wait till after Hell in the Cell for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, um, really disappointing, you know. Extremely. So, uh, what else happened here? I guess that we go to the main event, right? So, uh, 
Finn's been challenging Corbin all night long. Corbin's like, okay, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Keeps on putting it off, and then finally he's like, oh, you do have a match, but it's not against me. It's it's against Braun. For the 1,000th time (laughs) this year, they've literally wrestled a 1,000 times, I Mm -hmm. swear to God, in the main events overall. Like, either tagged together or wrestled against each other. Um, It's a good match. It is. Um, it's got that like classic David versus Goliath feel to it, but my God, you want to talk about beating a thing to death? Um, he puts up a bit of a fight, but then in the long run, you have him losing to you have Finn losing to Braun. Mm. And my issue too with it is I would have liked to see a lot more interference from his new stablemates. You know, if you really want to get him over as a heel have him cheating to win with his, you know, his faction now against Finn. Have Finn almost winning that match, and then Dolphin Drew, like, somehow cost him the match. I mean, I think there was a little interference here and there, but not much at all. Um, and then all of a sudden we hear a siren, which was totally pre-recorded, you know, way too loud. <laughs> and then you have a police paddy wagon very slowly backing up into the arena. Um, I don't know why Braun just didn't run over and just, you know, toss it over. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been fantastic. Um, But then, yes, then the shield returns. Apparently, they stole a cop car (laughs) after making bail and came back to Raw for a fight. So, uh, first one out is Roman Reigns. What happens? Boo. Yes. Yes. A chorus of boos. Just booing the shit out of him. Until, of course, Dean and Seth show up. And then, yay! (laughs) So, I don't know if they expect (sighs) the crowd to eventually just wear down and start cheering him, but, yeah. Not the reaction they're probably... If either of those two turn heel, they're going to be cheered at this point. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And they just... God, just fucking deal with it, Vince. Let Roman be heel. It would have been great to see him with the shield and be, I mean, and they definitely would have been cheered, but you could have made them into monster heels. You know, there's ways of getting those guys booed. And it felt like, you know, they were on that course by attacking Strowman, you know, because there were boos. Like, it was a very mixed reaction Mm -hmm. to them reuniting. But yeah, so (laughs) you have them make this big return and they start, like, walking towards the ring. And then literally all the heels come out and beat the fuck out of the shield. Like, dominate them. Like, all of the heels just destroy the shield. I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. Um, I felt like it took heat away from, like, Strowman and Ziggler and them. Mm -hmm. Where I would have much rather seen them, like, dominate the shield on, like, a one-on-one kind of, you know, way and get them over big time. Because, like you said, Strowman feels like he would be a threat enough against the shield. You know, then you put McIntyre and Ziggler in there. I mean, they should just get dominated. From what we've been told for the last two years, you know, of TV with Braun, like, you know, throwing people's cars around. Well, he's not just been throwing people's cars around. He's been throwing around most of those heels. Yeah. yeah. And Kevin Owens comes out and helps. Yes. Well, that was the biggest. And Kevin Owens literally led that charge too. Like, Kevin Owens was the first guy to, like, clothesline them from behind. So... 
WWE obviously has no plans to turn Kevin Owens face because if mm. there was one way you could turn him face here was having a very heel Braun Strowman and then having Owens come out against him. So, because that was a little bit of a speculation going on now. You know, now that you have Braun Hill, maybe you send Kevin away and then have him come back as a face to go against Braun, you know, for, you know, being bullied for the last, you know, three months. Um, but yeah, no, no. You have, you know, Kevin go. Now, does it make sense for all the Hills to jump the shield? No. I think it does. Why the fuck when they jump the shield from the get-go? If all the, if the shield, the only thing they do is dominate people and take mm-hmm. people out. Why wouldn't the tag team, why wouldn't the whole division just go ahead and jump the shield? It I just, guess, but they're doing it for. I think they're Ryan. doing. I think they're going to be doing for their own good though, because they know that the shield's a force to be reckoned with, and when they take over, do they, they explain over. that during the show? No, because it's it happens right then and there. So, I mean, it, it, that's how the show ends. So next week they're going to be They'll like, probably do something with Kevin, you know, kind of explaining it. He's the only one who really, you know, was a huge, you know, face, like a, you know, mm-hmm. um, that could carry the mic in that group. So, but like, I don't know. I was entertained by it, but maybe just because I like seeing Roman Reigns laying there, you know, in pain. <laughs> I don't know. That's all fine, Danny. I just don't see it going anywhere, like anywhere. No, it's going to end up with the shield prevailing, you know. But right now, it's dark times for them. So I, I do. It was, it was different at least for the last God since WrestleMania. Every show seemed to end the same. This was something different at least. I don't know if it was the right kind of different, but it was different at least. Um, like I said, I would have much rather seen that new faction dominate the shield, like just one on one, just completely destroy mm-hmm. them, get them heat that way, you know, make them a force to be reckoned right away. Um, but yeah, they went this route anyway, so it was entertaining. But yes, is it long term booking? No, no, probably not. Let's move on. SmackDown, not as much happened. You know, it's just kind of a continuation of a lot of the storylines, um, which isn't a bad thing. So uh, we started off with a match between Brian Almas. Um, he came, Brian came out looking for The Miz. We found out that Miz was there earlier but left. Um, so like I guess they showed a segment or like a, a callback to like The Miz earlier that day, like calling out Brian. Um, which is just stupid. Like he was in the middle before of before the show. Yes, before the show, he was in the middle of uh, empty arena, calling out Brian um, because he didn't want to embarrass him like live in front of everyone. So since he didn't answer his call out, he just decided to leave. You know, um, and we see them later on at a restaurant or something. So, but Almas comes out, challenges Brian. I did not realize how bad Almas's uh, English is. You know, I thought he was kind of on par with Alberto, but uh, not really. There's a reason why he's got a mouthpiece. Um, So, I mean... Did Vega come out with him? Oh, yeah, Vega was with him. She made the challenge for him, but then she passed the mic to him. And then he did his little spiel, but it was was rough. It was rough. Um, So, I mean, there's definitely a reason for her to be there. Um, And she's been great with him. She Mm -hmm. has been. Um, They challenge him. Uh, Brian and Almas have another great match together. I mean, they've got really good chemistry together in the ring. Um, Brian does go over here. Um, they then play the segment with, you know, Miz and 
at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Brian and Bree leave, you know, going straight to, uh, you know, find them, it seems like. You know, they don't even change. They've got their wrestling gear on, but they're leaving to go get some Italian food, they say. Um, but then, God, what else happened on this show? There's not... Flair and Lynch, they do like a dual interview where it's like supposed to be like from two different locations and, you know, um, one of the commentators like interviewing them both, you know. Becky's kind of toned down the heel rhetoric, the rhetoric it seems like, Mm. um, a little bit. So that kind of concerns me that, you know, they're pumping the brakes on everything. Um, But yeah, you definitely, you know, still had her talking that trash to her, if you will. (laughs) Um, But Charlotte is definitely not coming off as sympathetic as she probably should be. So it's very difficult to turn Becky against Charlotte just because I feel like Charlotte doesn't really foster sympathy because she's such, you know, a, a great wrestler and she's been, you know, dominant, you know, against so many of her opponents. So it's hard, I feel like, to get, and she was a heel for so long. So I, I don't feel like she's got that much of an established baby face run um, underneath her belts where the fans really, really got behind her. You know, I feel like they respect her and, you know, they love watching her wrestle, but I don't think her as a baby face has been nearly as over as her as a heel, um, if that makes any sense. No, makes so sense. I, I feel like it's an uphill battle, mm. really. I mean, Becky started talking, the crowd pops right away, cheering for her, chanting for her. Do you go for a double turn then? At yeah, that's kind of what I was so. saying before that maybe you do get that double turn where they're just like, okay, we're gonna put it's gonna be fucking you know, Hitman Stone Cold all over again, you know, Mania, where you have them kind of flip roles and you know you see Becky kind of maybe lose to Charlotte, um, you know, but in a, a way where she saves a lot of face and earns everyone's respect. Mm. Um, but like Charlotte kind of wins. It could know? end the exact same way too. Yes, <laughs> with her like with the crimson yes. mask. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> Make her a real redhead. Um, but yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So I this segment did not do much for me at all. Mm. You know, it just showed me like why this isn't working. Unfortunately. Um, they need to tone down the whole, I don't know, the whole Stone Cold, like, talk, though. Because it is, like, the comparisons are pretty, like, she's just, like, I don't know, talking shit and cursing and everything. It's just going to get her over. Mm. And maybe that's the whole point now. Maybe they realize what they have and that's what they're pushing for. But if they want her to be a heel, they need to stop and reverse course now. You know, she needs to be more cowardly, if anything. That's the only way that it's going to get over. So, as a heel. So, but uh, let's see. What else happened? Uh, Joe and AJ. So, we kind of speculated that Joe was going to AJ's house. That did not happen. Joe ended up in the middle of the ring um, telling. Man. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we want that classic. I want early 2000. Into Horton's house. <laughs> Terrifying his children. Yes. They could have rented a house. Oh, yeah. No, yes. And hired actors. Yes. Um, but so, anyway, uh, he said, I did like his promo, though. He said the reason why he said that was because he knew AJ would be at home protecting his family. And he wanted to give his family one last night together, you know, to kind of, you know, enjoy their time together and everything. 
all of a sudden, to Samoa Joe's surprise, AJ was not at home. He was there. So um, he ran down the apron, and they started going at it right away. So we we got physical right away. Because one thing that I've been kind of, you know, annoyed with, you know, from the, the start of this whole, you know, angle, this whole, like, you know, uh, package with these two, was just they haven't been physical enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's refreshing because it seems like what Raw does is, like, have them wrestle a hundred times before a pay-per-view match, and then you get a pay-per-view match. Where SmackDown seems to be the opposite, where they just talk a lot, and there's, like, all these, like, backstage promos and everything, where there's a distance between them. They don't touch it all until, mm-hmm. you know, the actual pay-per-view. But it, I get it. Why, you know, it makes you want to see them get in the ring, finally mix it up. But at the same time, I feel like it doesn't, like, garner enough heat, you know, between the two. So having seen these guys finally go at it, you know, after like a couple weeks was nice. It was refreshing to see. So, um, you know, that being said, I don't want to see them in like three tag matches before, you know, they get to hell in the cell. Hope not. So, but, and um, there's only one week left, so that'd be definitely horrible. But they <laughs> were pulled apart from each other? Yes, they ended up being pulled apart um, by the refs and everything. AJ ends up taking out a ref with Joe diving off you know, from the ring to the, you know, to the concrete. Um, Paige ends up coming out, also helping, trying to pull them apart. So it was a nice little segment. It definitely got heat between those two, mm-hmm. and the crowd were, was into it. So, um, God, and Joe's just fantastic on the mic. He really is. Um, Asuka came out and saved Naomi um, against the Iconics. So I guess they they remembered that they had Asuka on the roster. So that's a plus, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Next week you'll have a tag team match. Uh-huh. Well, there are, I think they might have announced a match for that Australia. Oh. Like, it's crazy because they're booking in advance for that thing. So I feel like it really, I don't know, not that it makes Hell in the Cell obsolete, but I don't know. It just really, I feel like it cools off that pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, knowing, okay, well, this is continuing on. Um but yeah, I still believe that's just going to be a glorified house show. Don't get me wrong. But anyway, uh, let's see. So then we have, oh, so Miz comes back to the arena claiming he's looking for Daniel. Daniel, knowing that Daniel's probably gone at that point. Um, Paige ends up putting them in a match, um, you know, that, saying that he's got to wrestle that night. Uh, they run into our truth who's looking for Carmella still. I can't believe this is a thing. Um, Miz uh, has a nice little jab at him saying that the last time he was relevant was when he was tagging with him, you know, and he didn't even know that our truth was still on the roster, which I believe we said mm. <laughs> the like his first match back after a year. Um, and then uh, he kept on calling uh, Maurice uh, Carmella. So that's kind of like where everything started. Carmel or Maurice turns around and says Carmela's a piece of Long Island trash though, or Staten Island trash. Yes. Um. So Truth ends up running into Carmela, relaying this message basically, and Carmela like you know of course is like okay well I'm gonna take care of her. They end up going down to the ring together. Carmela's totally acting like a face, out of nowhere. So, and I don't know if this was so their way of turning her, um, but really did seem that way. Um, uh, and w- 
uh, one hand, I'm glad that she then I think will be downgraded automatically, where we're not having you hope so having to deal with her in the main event picture at all. Um, not that I was like after she lost to Charlotte, you know, kind of seemed like okay, we're done with the whole Carmella project, if you will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this definitely I feel like puts a nail in that coffin now. So, so it seems like maybe she's a face again. We'll see. They also announced the mixed tag team. Thing yeah, I know on. that's going to be a second season. Yeah, what is it called? Mixed tag team? Mixed match. Um, Classic or something? I don't know what they're trying uh, to call it's it. It's a tag tournament. I didn't watch you a have, second of that. By the way. Do you did you watch any of that? No, I did not. It was all on Facebook. Okay. So. I think they're I think they're going to have R-Truth and Carmella together, if that's what you're going to ask. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's totally going to be a thing. Ugh. So, yeah. But the, the whole thing just makes me go, eh. I'm not going to watch it anyway. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was pretty much... Oh, yeah, so then Daniel Bryan comes down, you know, and go, chases the Miz, and then almost comes down and attacks Daniel Bryan, but then Daniel Bryan and Bree then put them in the yes locks together, and Miz is on the, you know, ramp, you know, kind of brooding. Does Bree get the yes lock in properly? She does. She does. Okay, she does. You know, a lot of people are shitting on Brie, and I was one of them for, you know, <laughs> missing those dives on Raw. Um, we didn't even talk about the Bellas' return to the ring. Because there was, was no need for, to. There, it was forgettable. But I will <laughs> defend her, because, like, I saw, like, a hundred memes, you know, on the internet, like, right away afterwards. GIFs and everything. Hashtag Sasha, botch mode. Sasha's missed that dive multiple times. Oh, yeah. Multiple times. I feel like she didn't get any of that heat. Like, any. Like, not even compared. And I know a lot of it's just because people don't want to see the Bellas back. Mm. At least, you know, wrestling fans of Ariel don't want to see the Bellas back. You know, the casual fans might be into it. But, I mean, give her a break. I mean, well, I've given Sasha shit, though, yeah. for her unsafe wrestling. <laughs> Because she's fallen on her head. Uh, I think just recently yes. we saw her, you know, and then she did it like the next night. I was like, what the fuck? She's trying to kill she's herself. She's a fucking maniac. She is. But like, she seems to be like made out of rubber or something. Because even like it, with her feud with uh, Charlotte, there'd be so many times she'd get dropped on her head. I'd be like, holy shit, she's going to die. Charlotte kept fucking doing moonsaults on her. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Which does it because Charlotte's so much bigger than her. <laughs> uh, but yes. So uh, that's my defense of the Bellas. My only defense of the Bellas. <laughs> that's that that's that's the last time you'll probably ever hear me defend the Bellas. So, um, but yeah, yeah, next week give he's her, defending the Bellas. <laughs> give those women a break. Um, but yeah, so but that was pretty much WWE this week. Yes, yes, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mostly all the ugly. Yes. <laughs> But uh, other than that, we were all in this weekend. We were. We were. So before we start, and I guess we're going to do match for match, pretty much. Yeah, it's like a, almost kind of like a pay-per-view-ish okay. deal. Okay. I mean, there's definitely some matches we're not going to go over because we didn't, we either didn't see them. Or well, yeah, I missed Matt Cross. I missed that match. Mm. Um, I did see the over the budget battle royal, but I did not see SEU uh, versus the Briscoe Brothers. Um, I, I didn't even realize that was on the card. Well, that I think that was during the, the um, uh, pre-show, the WGN America. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, so the, uh, you know, SEU went over the Briscoe Brothers. Um, and SCU! <laughs> and then I've, I've, that, that's gotten over with me. Like, totally. I, I love it every year. Oh, okay. League, so. <laughs> um, I love what I loved about this event. And just overall thoughts with it. I love that it, like, tied, like, yes. everything, you know. All those, like, kind of, like, loose ends and those stories, you know, they've been going on with the Elite, like, you know, together and kind of, like, you know, it was, like, the accumulation of, mm. like, you know, months of storytelling on that show. So it was very well booked, you know, from that standpoint, um, you know. And I think, for me, I'll probably be grading this card on a curve, if you will, just because, you know, what it just means, you know, for, like, a wrestling culture overall you know i mean was it the best pay-per-view of the year i don't think so um but just what it means for the industry mm-hmm. i mean it's it's unquantifiable you know i think it's so big for every you know just for wrestling in general. so um you know so just take that with the greatest <laughs> when we're talking about this you know, pay-per-view. So. I mean, I'm still going to give it my honest opinion, and I'm still... No, I am, but I know it's going to be watered fan, down. Yeah. yeah. I'm There's going to be a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so uh, the over, I don't know, over-the-budget Battle Royal, did you say you didn't watch it? I did not watch the Battle Royal. I heard people raving about it like it was the greatest Battle Royal of all time. I don't see it that way. I mean, I guess, I, I mean... They, they're saying Battle Royal, not like Royal Bumble or anything, so two very different things. It was well booked, um, but it's your typical Battle Royal at the same time. It was just a mess. <laughs> um, just a whole lot of shit going on. People trying to get their spots in. It was fun at the same time. Um, you knew it was Flipboard underneath that mask the entire time. Though. So basically you have a luchador, you know, an unnamed luchador in the ring, um, and then you know, it's revealed to be Flip, basically. He's taken out very, you know, quickly outside of the ring, um, in, like, a table spot. And then, you know, we think that uh, Bully Ray had won the match, and then Flip, you know, enters the ring, reveals himself, and then takes out Bully Okay, so, that makes a lot more sense. Yes. So, I mean, <laughs> what did you think happened? Well, no, no, because later on, we have Bully Ray showing up. Yes, yes, Again. yes. That wasn't just right. Although I feel, I think in Ring of Honor, Blue Ray has been like, yes. you know, kind of like terrible. Even when I was there, in so, <laughs> the show, he that's came out right, and that's beat right. The I forgot show. about that. Uh, but yeah, so it was a nice little moment and it made sense. I was like, how are they going to get Flip onto this card? Because I mean, up to like the last show, he was just not booked, mm. and they even had the all out. Um, whatever barbecue or pregame show that they yeah. did, they actually sold tickets to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, with Flip being advertised mm. as being there, and he was there for a little bit, like he did a little dance party or something like that, but I don't know. I'm sure those people were so drunk at that point that, you know, they didn't care, yeah. you know, and I'm sure there was other wrestlers there. But anyway, um, they started the actual event with Matt Cross um, versus uh, MJF. Yes. That was curious to me. Like, I don't really know them that well. Um, it just didn't seem like the right match to kind of mm. start this whole event off. Um, the crowd seemed to be a little taken aback by it. I mean, they were into it, but, I mean, not as into it as they could be. 
So I don't know. I thought it was a good match, but I just didn't. You know, you know. I just seen. I've seen like highlights of it, but mm. you know, people have said, "Oh, it's been great." But I just I didn't understand that booking. I mean, no disrespect all. to the wrestlers. I just I saw the two wrestlers and I was like, I don't know these guys. I'm not interested at the moment. I move forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it it's gotten good reviews. Um, mm. and like I said, from what I saw, it looked you know like a good match, but it's just a. A strange way to start the show. Yeah. Um, you know, you, like, you know, the opening match is a big deal. It sets the tone for everything, you know. So I'm surprised they didn't start off with anything. I honestly thought it would be like either, you know, maybe you get like Cody starting off the thing. Because um, I would assume that he would want to be backstage doing all the production shit, you know, mm. in the meantime, because he's like the main booker. So I could understand why he would start off the show. Um, so he would be able to, you know, then be free to do everything and work like gorilla position and everything. But no, they went with this match. So, I mean, and maybe they're, you know, future, like huge star stars in like a few years would be like, oh my God, can you believe they opened that show? <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, I just didn't get it at the time. And then to follow up with Christopher Daniels versus, um, what's his name? Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell, Green Arrow. Um, he held his own. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, I, I didn't expect him to go on this long in a match. I guess. I just didn't want to see this match at all. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't care for this. Like, I love Christopher Daniels. You know, um, I was watching him with uh, when he was part of Windy City uh, Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. way back in like the, you know, late 90s. Um, he had this really bad mullet. It was awesome. Oh, <laughs> so, but I've always enjoyed him, but I just felt like this was a waste of his talent for kind of, you know, a bad, like, WrestleMania match. Um, and I guess, I mean, it makes sense storyline-wise for them, mm. you know, but I could have just had him in, like, someone's corner or something. I mean, it did feel like there were plenty of times where they felt like they were moving in slow motion and... Yes, yes. Run, running through the paces, but, you know, it I felt understood like they were going what this was for, you know, it's like... It brought celebrity attention to it. it is I mean, it that much? Cele- I mean, is it Green Arrow? You get what you get. I mean, I they're guess. still smaller. I don't know, man. I didn't have that <laughs> many problems with the match. It was a typical celebrity. It was. Match. I just, I don't know. Like, for me, like, I, when I think, like, this kind of wrestling, I don't think celebrity match, like, gimmick match. I think, like, for me, that's a WrestleMania thing. So, I mean, I, think I understand they're good friends with him and mm, everything, but I just, I don't know. I felt like it was a waste of the match. I think what's me. important is that Christopher Daniels still went over, though. Oh, my God. If he wouldn't have gone over, I would have been so fucking pissed off. That's a WrestleMania-type <laughs> thing, is the celebrity going over. Yes. Lawrence Taylor beating Bam Bam Bigelow, yes. But, I don't know. I just didn't need the match at all, I guess, <laughs> is what I'm saying. I, I, I feel like there's so many other wrestlers who are going to fill that spot, and it you know, put on a really good match. Like, I give him credit for doing that match, but Christopher Daniels is the type of wrestler who could make anyone look good, too, at the same time. So, um, but, you know, whatever. That's just me. So, um... Uh, next we have the Fatal 4-Way. I'm going to call it a Fatal 4-Way because I don't give a damn what they called it. <laughs> what um, did they call it? It was like four-corner something uh, between the women... They they really? like four corners, something like a tornado. No, they they announced that it was a tornado later. Did they? But they I'm surprised they didn't the call it like match. a Texas tornado match because that's like a classic like 
NWA, you know, WCW kind of thing where it could be a little, little no, homage. but they, and they kept deciding to like like explain what that kind of match is. I'm like, it's a fatal four way. We you know definitely four people. In I the felt ring. like the announcers were just. I mean, I know they're just like kind of thrown together. Um, you know, it just mm. felt like they were very off. You know, um, for the most of the matches, you know, I mean, they did their part, but I mean, I guess when you just throw together an announced team, this is kind of what you get. Um, this match was okay. I mean, there are some really nice spots, but there's definitely some sloppiness to it. And I think just any kind of match like this is going to be difficult to pull off, you know, a four corners match, if you will, whatever the hell they're mm-hmm. calling it, um, is a difficult match to pull off, you know, and you end up, you kind of open yourself up for that kind of like, I don't know. That choppiness, which mm. I felt like was taking. Place. I mean, I got into the match. I think what really there blew was... me out was the finish, where yeah. the finish felt like this random snap finish out of nowhere. Um, yeah, it almost felt like it was botched too. Mm. Like it felt like off. Um, I don't it... know if it was a ref issue counting or because it felt like um, I think Chelsea Green was supposed to um, knock the stop the pin attempt, but there was a moment where everyone impressed me. I'm a fan of Madison Rain. Um, from TNA, so I've always been a fan of hers. I mean, she is a solid worker who really, really impressed me was Tessa Blanchard because mm-hmm. I saw her wrestle a couple matches in NXT, um, and I, she has, like, I don't know, improved light years. Like, she is impressive now, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a force. So I was really, really, really stoked to see her in the ring, just with that lineage and everything like that. I felt like it was obvious that she was going to win just because she's, oh, yeah. she's, <laughs> she's a Blanchard, and you know, you've got this kind of event happening. She's and, kind of been the poster for the females at Allen as well. She's over the huge right now with TNA. Mm-hmm. Um, right, she's the champion, so. correct? Yes, That's I believe yeah. so. I believe so. So there's God. I I know one thing triple h has seen her work these matches and seen what she's doing right now Mm. and the quickest opportunity he has he's gonna sign her you know i mean you put her with fucking charlotte and you get Mm -hmm. that kind of like you know four horse like the real like four horse women like mystique going on that's just money right there and and then it just even those two like working against each other because she is I don't know, man. She's a talent. She, yeah, she reminds me of a dark-haired version of Charlotte. Yes. For yeah, sure. She can go. She can go. She's upped her game big time. So, I mean, overall, the match was okay. It was just sloppy at parts. Um, but I I just wish they almost had, like, you know, I don't just one-on-one matches. Like, maybe have two women's matches, you know. And maybe instead of Green Arrow fucking, you know, trying to wrestle. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. So, um, next, Cody and Nick Aldis. Yes. I was surprised at, once again, the placement of this on the card. Um, if it didn't go on first, I kind of expect it to go on last, almost. Um, just almost from a production standpoint, mm. you know, it would almost make sense. And then I also felt like this was, like, the one match that really had something on the line. You know, and they've been really, like, you know, marketing this whole thing and booking it. You know, they've been doing all the talk shows and everything around this match. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed the match altogether. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't know if Nick Ellis was going to come out as heel or face in this, and he definitely came out as heel, uh, okay. coming out with uh, 
uh, Jeff Jarrett, and uh, there was three others. Davari. Davari. Glacier. Is that how you say that? Glacier. Yeah. Glacier? It's an old, it's a bit, well, I don't know the wrestler's actual name, but he played Glacier in the WCW. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was basically Sub-Zero. That was his gimmick. I'll really? show I'll show you video. Yes. I'll, I'll have to see that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then Cody came out with um of course DDP. DDP, yeah. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Dreamer. Dreamer. Um and wow, there was one more, wasn't there? Oh maybe Glacier was with Cody. Glacier was there, but I was like, why is Glacier here? <laughs> Either um, way, they came out with um, kind of legacy members. Entourage. And it made it, it gave mm-hmm. it kind of that big match feel, though. Exactly. Like, you know, it definitely, I, I liked that aspect of it. Um, that did add to the weirdness of it being in the middle of the card for me, where I was like, oh, this feels like really big, and then it's, it's right the here. It's the fourth match, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I really wish they would have booked, because it was, it, you know... The match was for me. It was what it was, what it was. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't the best match of the night or anything like no. that from a technical standpoint. Um, that spot at in the middle of the match where you know uh, Earl Hebner throws up the axe and that kind of tease that Cody's yeah. injured. What's that? That just felt weird. It, and it out of place. Took the pace right out of the match. Yes. yes. Uh, I don't know if it was just Cody taking too long to blade or I don't know. Like I was because at first I was like, oh, okay, this is a spot. But then I was like, it was taking so long. And then they had, like, DDP come out and Davari come out. Yes. and do, I was like, did they plan this? Did it, like, was the timing off or something like that? And then Cody comes out and he's bleeding. So I was like, okay, was that all just so Cody could blade? But that felt like, God, his dad would touch his forehead and it would start fucking bleeding um, back in the day. So I was mm-hmm. like, why would that take so long? Do we really need to get, like... DDP a diamond cutter in there like I mean I just didn't get that and I thought that fucked with the pacing of the match a lot um but I they did a good job of picking it up again once you know that whole like you know portion of the match was you know done mm-hmm. with that whole segment if you will because it felt like a segment in the middle of the match yeah. um you know um I felt like the match could have gone on a little bit longer at the time yes when I was watching it yes um Beyond and maybe that, Cody was just trying to save time. You know, it's a weird place for him to be in because it, it uh, he's booking the card mm-hmm. and then like putting himself over in a way. And I mean, that's and maybe that he didn't want to steal the spotlight. I was thinking like maybe he put himself in the middle so it doesn't feel like oh he's trying to put himself in such an important spot on his card. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I enjoyed it overall, and I thought it was a huge moment. Like, I had chills mm. when he got that NWA belt. I know how much that meant to him and everything. And, and you could like see it, you know. The legacy, and it was legitimate, you mm. know. It was genuine, you know, like that feeling and everything. And you could see it in the crowd. The crowd popped, too, for it. So I, I think it's awesome that he's going to be walking around with that belt and be a great representative to really kind of get that brand going again. I just wish this match was at the end of the show. And I don't know if it's maybe just because of the way the show ended up um, that makes me want this to be like the last shot, like with Cody like raising the belts. Yeah, and maybe he felt like that was like just way too egotistical mm-hmm. to put himself in that spotlight, which I get. It's a weird spot to be in, but it just felt like the right way to end the Because also, it felt weird to me that like none of like the Bullet Club was with him. 
You mm-hmm. know, like it felt like angle wise, you know, where we are story, like the Bullet Club would be with him. But I don't know, maybe it's like I'm doing my own thing or it, it just was, it was strange. You know, he even came out with his fucking dog. Yeah. <laughs> dog, Brandy. Yep. So, uh, but it was still an awesome moment. It was like, I can't lie. I had chills the entire time when he won that, when he won that belt. So, um, next we move on to Adam Page against Joey Janela. Yes. I have never seen Joey Janela wrestle. I've heard Mm. of Joey Janela. I have not seen him wrestle. This is my first experience with him. What a great worker. I really enjoyed this match. These guys were trying to kill each other. (laughs) (laughs) Which I knew Adam Page would, just from what we've seen him do in Mm. New Japan. But, man, they got lots of time. I I really, really enjoyed this match. And I really want to follow Joey Janela more closely. Um, Just a great character in the ring and everything. Um, He could turn down his facial expressions a little. Just a I don't know. I dug it. It felt so like '80s, like heelish <laughs> to me. I don't know. Maybe I just <laughs> I was into it. But I see what you're saying. It felt forced at points. Like it was, it was overselling. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like when Ronda like uh, takes Alicia Fox's like uh, clothesline from behind yeah. and goes flying ten feet in the air. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely overselling, but I still loved it. I don't yes. know. Um, yeah. I. You know. When this match ended, I was like, this is going to be really tough to beat. Like, I felt like it was that quality of a match. Mm. Um, and, and that's being like, we've got fucking Okada and, you know, Omega on the card. Mm. So, um, but. God, I was, I, I was like, he could drop him at any second when he was, uh, when he did the whole move on the ladder. Yes. I was just like, this is I intense. Was <laughs> I was terrified. It's like, oh my god, they're gonna fucking kill each other. Um, what a downer that would be <laughs> for all it. Oh, and then what you get at the end, where you yes. get you get the penis taker, <laughs> <laughs> famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan <laughs> comes back from the dead. Yes, and we, I, you like if you've been following me in the late, you knew this was coming. Mm. Um, you know, no pun intended. Um, I mean they they've been. Pl- Doing showing images of even like kind of Undertaker like things in the last three episodes. Uh, but the fact that you know you the match ended and I almost forgot about it because the match was so awesome mm. that it kind of like slipped my mind, you know, because I was expecting like him to have a run in or something like that. But then you get like an army of penises, you know, coming down the ring. Or did you get you get the clip right of Joey laying there? Yes, and you kind of see his junk move, and mm. then. <laughs> which was very Undertaker, you know, strangely. Um, but then you get the, the druid penises coming down, yes. you know, lining the aisle, and then, lo and behold, Joey's alive. So um, It awesome. sucks that they couldn't use the Pina Colada song. Yeah. <laughs> awesome moment. Yes. Great moment, though. Um, you know, I even liked what, uh, the use of the boots in the match. Oh, yes. They I remember the they used the boots and the phone. The phone. Yeah, I love that. As that was weapons. Great yeah, yes. That was great. Like I said, they did a great job of like wrapping. It felt like a season like finale mm-hmm. for their show, just wrapping up all those storylines, really. So, um, but yeah, no, but great match. Was going to be hard to top, but we'll, we'll get there. Uh, Jay Lethal versus Flip Gordon. 
for the ROH uh, title. Yes, and continuing on with that being the elite storyline. Yes. It continues with um, Jay, Jay Lethal. Lethal having his, keeps switching into Macho Man. Black Machismo, yes. yes. <laughs> um, you see him get handed a pair of sunglasses backstage, mm-hmm. um, and then lo and behold, he goes full Black Machismo. Um, he is so fucking great with that character. And you could tell that, like, both of them are just huge Macho Man fans, too. Because mm-hmm. they literally started doing spots from Macho Man versus uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in WrestleMania 3. Like, they were doing mm-hmm. the arm drag spots and everything. I think even they skinned the cat and the, the whole spiel they were going through. I, I, I loved every moment of it. I mean, it was like watching a great cover band. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. So, um, I... I was there was parts where I actually thought Flip was going to win. Yes, I did you know? think that there was a big chance that Flip could win. I, at the time, we had seen nothing but kind of like um, the people that you thought was going to win kind of win throughout uh-huh. this. It seemed like all the you know elite yes. were winning their matches. So which hey, it's their card, whatever, mm. right? Um, but yeah, yeah. So but then it ends up with Jay winning. So, which was fine. And then you had Bubba Ray come out, or Bully Ray, which whatever he's going yeah. with. I think he has to go by Bully, Bully Ray. Ray yes. um, and then fucking uh, Colt Cabana makes the save. Yeah. And yeah, they do the shield power bomb through the yes. table. Booze. A chorus of booze at that moment. Though, those fucking marks in the crowd did the hooah, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> they did. <laughs> <laughs> and my God, I didn't think they were going to get Bully Ray up. There was a point where I was like, oh my god, is he going to even get over? Is he going to be able to get him over? Because Bully Ray's definitely put on some pounds mm-hmm. since we saw him last in WWE. So, but they did get him up, but it was a little shaky there for a moment. Uh, but Bully Ray sold the shit out of that power oh box, too. <laughs> He's fantastic selling shit. Um, but yeah, no, uh, fun match, mm-hmm. just fun. All right, what do we got next? Uh, we have Kenny Omega going up against Pentagon L-Zero. What the hell does he call his finisher? That cradle fucking pile driver? Oh, uh, what does Pentagon call it? Yeah, he calls it something. I mean, it's a cradle pile driver. But god yeah. damn it. Like, <laughs> I was like, he's gonna fucking kill him. Like, he kept mm-hmm. on hitting that shit. Like, he hit it like three times, it seemed like, on Kenny. I, I, my god, I love that move. Um, this was my first experience with Pentagon. I have not, like, I've seen highlights mm. from him, but I've not watched. Never watched a, a full match either. A full match. So, um, I was impressed, though. I was really impressed. I thought they had good chemistry in the ring. Um, and I, they were just beating the shit out of each other in this match. Um, so I was, I really dug this match. It was a fun match. Um, and they got a lot of time, which you knew they were going mm. to. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really, really dug this match. So, I mean, anything like stick out to you? Um, not as much as in this match. Like, I mean, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm the same spots for what I was going to mention where he just keeps getting his head just rammed into uh-huh. the thing. They did it on the apron. I mm-hmm. feel like, like this year I've seen the apron used more than I've seen mm. any fucking year prior in wrestling. All year long, even yes. in WWE, they've been everyone's been using over that over. apron, man. Yes. Mm. It is the hardest part of the ring. Like they, they, they <laughs> yes. always have to mention. <laughs> but what stuck out the most was of course after the, the match. The after the match. Lights go out, 
for a little too long. Yes. It was, <laughs> it was, way too long. It was like, what's going on? To the point where I honestly was like, did th- was that supposed to actually happen? No. Um, the commentators sold that moment. Like, oh, yes. it's, it's, a, it's an indie promotion. They did do a good job selling that moment. I will give them that. Um, and then lights go back on and Pentagon standing there. What they didn't do a good job selling was this moment because they kind of right away give you a clue. Like, wait a second, look at his arms. Like, totally, like, don't, don't fucking shit on it. Like, let it play out. Let the moment breathe. Pentagon attacks him, does a code breaker, and then slowly reveals himself to be none other than Chris fucking Jericho. Um, you know. I love that running codebreaker too. Like, yes. It was vicious. It was vicious. And Kenny, <laughs> Kenny knows how to take a fucking codebreaker, mm. man. Um, he sold the shit out of that. But it was such a great moment. But like, I just wish they wouldn't telegraph the moment so much, the commentators. So that was my only real gripe yeah. with it. Um, just awesome seeing Jericho in that full getup, though. I love that moment. Mm. I really did. Um, and that, you know, I mean, it was really just a big plug for the first cruise. Um, but I was fine with it. You know, I'll was, see you on the cruise. Yeah, I'll see you on my boat. <laughs> I was like, oh, Please Jesus. order tickets. <laughs> We're not sold out yet. So, um, yeah, fun moment though. Really fun. Um, and then what, what, the boat, though, it's like, it's Alpha Club. It's like him and the Young Bucks. Yes. Against the Bullet Club. And it's like Kenny and Marty and Cody. Yes. It's just a weird, like, a match for match sake. I mean, it'll be fun, I'm mm. sure, but still. I, I'm, I'm guessing we'll eventually get that on YouTube or something. There's someone, it's Marty versus someone, uh, from TNA. Oh, because there's multiple days. Yes. He's, um... Sammy. Uh, Sammy Callahan. Yes. Uh, yes. And they're going to have an all-the-deck match. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to see that stream. That's going to be insane. <laughs> That's if anyone insane. could film that. Well, and if Jericho's losing money on the cruise, I mean, he could turn around and stream it, you know, if he really wants mm-hmm. to. He knows it's going to make money, you know, after all ends. So, um, you know, it's a way to, you know get that money back so um but he's he's um come out and said like he would be happy just breaking even on the thing you know he knows with cruises and everything like that talking to some of his like rock star buddies like kiss and uh, who've done cruises the past that the first couple years is you know where you kind of grow that following you Mm -hmm. know for the cruise and then you start making money so I don't know, maybe that's just his way of rationalizing not selling the thing out sure you know i think that's a lot i can't imagine the amount of work Goes into oh my just God. getting a cruise together. I mean, those tickets are expensive too. Mm. You're saying like a thousand dollars, thousand plus. Like, I mean, a you're getting a cruise mm. and you're on a boat with all your favorite wrestlers. They, I mean, that thing is booked to the hilt too. I mean, just like every podcast that you can imagine is like you know doing a show that day. They're, I mean, just crazy matches are happening mm. and segments. I mean, I think Fozzie's playing. Um, what's his name from Slipknot is playing a bunch of great cover bands. So oh, okay. He's booked the shit out of that that cruise. So, um, you know, I just hope it does well because it does seem like he's really you know passionate about it. Mm. Um, and it sounds like it could be a great time if you got like a thousand dollars to throw on something you know like that. But anyway, back to all <laughs> in. I just did a commercial for Jericho's cruise. Um, yes, nice moment with Jericho showing up. 
I was not expecting him at all because of what he's been saying. Mm. You know, maybe he was just trying to bait us, but you know, well, even saying, to make it to that show, he had a he had a he had a concert after that. Yes, they had in to be Kansas there City. immediately in Kansas City. Mm. So he had to take a fucking uh, private plane to Kansas City. So and like his, I think they went on stage at eleven or something like that. So I mean, it's crazy. I don't know what the time zone is you know the difference but i mean that's still insane to mm. do even though it's like you know a two minute spot it's still a lot and you know he had been there like for most of the time getting that get up and everything like that no he so. came with paint on already oh to the show yeah he did some type of uh he did a video while he was on the plane going to the no he's going to the concert after the show. Oh, well, I so thought he, he said something about having to have the makeup done he on wore, the way there. He wore the um, makeup on stage oh, okay. at the show. So he's like, I'm not taking the makeup off. I'm wearing this on stage. Which, I mean, why not? Yeah, it was pretty right. awesome. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, really, really cool. Really cool moment. Um, uh, next we had Okada versus Marty Skrull. For me, this is the match of the night. I really Mm-hmm. Um, I was not expecting much from this at all. No, I felt like it was going to be a comedy match from the way they've been kind of building up on. I don't even need to like say anything. anything. You're just stealing it all. Was it? I don't even need to say anything. Is it's, that what you're saying? It's literally, it's my <laughs> word for word. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, it's, I felt like this was a comedy match, but no, it went straight into. Uh, yes, it became serious out of nowhere. I yes, just wasn't expecting this. This is something I would expect out of like a New Japan like. Um, pay-per-view or something like that not here you know not the way that they were booking it beforehand no it felt like it was all like kind of like a joke ha 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 i felt like it was gonna be a squash um i was really happy to see like it felt like we were getting more like old school like scrolls this girl i mean he's been very much you know a kind of a comedy act you know dare i say you know since being with like the bullet club um, just like, at least what we've been exposed to, you know, I haven't been following him hardcore with like ROH or anything like that. But, um, you know, I, I mean, we, we did see him work a hell of a match against, um, what's his fucking name? Osprey. Osprey, yes. Okay. Uh, in New Japan. That was, that was a fantastic match, but that's really the like, you know, only like really like dead serious mm. match I can recall him having in the last like year, um. This, though, man, this was a great fucking match. I mean, the pacing, these guys, like, were just clicking together. And there's so many fun spots in there, you know. Working that whole, like, David and Goliath angle, but not in your, like, typical fashion Mm -hmm. that you would see, like, on, like, WWE TV, you know. Um, Just really, you know, selling it. And Okada, like, he has this way of... His matches, like, his spots are very, like, maniacal and, like, you know, you can kind of see, like, where he's going at the same time. Like, he goes always from, like, okay, I'm going here to here to here, you know, and it's kind of like the same move spot, Mm. but he has a way of, like, dressing it up and, you know, making you care with, like, the pacing and everything in between, and then, like, the last ten minutes hit, and it's just fucking balls to the wall. Like he has you at the palm of his, uh, in the palm of his hands. Like really, so um, you know, and that's not taking any away from mm. Marty at all. Because Marty, I mean, he did his part. You know, I thought Marty was gonna win. Yeah. Part. Like he did. I mean, if you told me before the match that there were parts of this match <laughs> where I would think Marty was actually gonna go over, I would call you a liar. 
Um, <laughs> it just didn't wouldn't make sense at mm. all. But yeah, no, I mean they really made me believe that he was gonna win. So knowing that there's going to be another match between the two, though, I kind of wish Marty would have won this. Yeah, I understand why New Japan wouldn't want that to happen. But um, now I just think Okada is going to win two times in a row against him. Yeah, and it sucks, but it just. New Japan's not so worried about you know mm-hmm. what I mean you know they're gonna protect their guy regardless I guess if there was any time for Marty to beat Okada it would be now since he's kind of like in this weird in between mm-hmm. like angle where he's trying to find like, it would still fit his like character yes. arc and everything a hundred percent but they're still gonna protect the guy especially like at someone else's show mm-hmm. you know I mean it, it's a huge deal that they got him here you know that's awesome that you know New Japan you know, lend him out to them, but yeah, I, I I wasn't necessarily surprised. I was just more surprised like how great the match was. Like when Okada has him has him in that stretch and he starts doing the um, two oh five, and then Marty goes for the fingers. Oh god, great spot! And there's so many spots like that when Marty hits the fucking rainmaker on. <laughs> yes, I did not expect that. I popped. Oh my god, I love this match. <laughs> I really did. I really enjoyed this match. Mm. Um, and you knew it was over when it was the two Rainmakers. And uh-huh. it's just kind of yes. Okada's signature at this yes. point. I would have been upset if he, if he kicked out at that. Mm. You know, but the umbrella spot was fantastic. Yes. yes. So, um, you know, and like I said, like my introduction to Marty has been like almost as this kind of like once he joined the Bullet Club and everything. So it's always refreshing to see this version mm. of what like got Marty to the dance really. And I want I just, to see more of it. I just want to know where he's going to go. Because he's been on this kind of crusade with um, making the junior heavyweights as important as the heavyweights. And they should be. Mm. And the UFC, I mean, the, the junior heavyweights, it, I mean, they're like neck to neck with the heavyweights. You know, a lot of times they're more over than the, you know, the mm. heavyweights. So, I mean, generally, like sport, if you were pretending this was a real sport, you know, it only makes sense. So I, I, I understand where he's coming from. So, um, you know, do I ever want to see him on 205 Live, though? No. <laughs> no, absolutely Would I watch not. 205 Live if he was on it? Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Begrudgingly. So, moving on quickly, like they did, mm. uh, the Young Bucks... Or the Golden Elite, if you will. Yes. It's the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi uh, versus Rey Mysterio, Bandito, and Rey Phoenix. They were out the gate quickly. Yes. Like, they, the announcers didn't fuck around. You knew right away that there must be an issue uh, timing-wise. Like, they were running out of time. Just the whole... I mean, you knew these guys were going to work fast, mm. but, like, they were trying to get a 30-minute match in like 10 minutes like that's what it felt like um and then we found out later on that legitimately is what was happening they ended up they ended the match with like three seconds before they went on i feel like after knowing that and remembering um because okada versus skrull there's an american um ref on the sideline Mm -hmm. and you can hear him shouting at marty like now 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 oh really and i was like I, at the time, I was like, is there a spot that's supposed to be happening? And I don't know it, but maybe this is like... Oh, that's to... right. Tiger was roughing that match mm-hmm. with Okada. So they would need that. Okay. 
Wow, yeah, I did not catch that at all. And that makes sense. And I guess what they're saying, that it wasn't just Marty's match that went over. Mm. There was accumulation of matches going over by a couple minutes. But, you know, being first-time bookers, and you you literally, like, WWE actually has a guy who times the show. Mm -hmm. There's a guy who does something where he sits there and he sets the pace, and he times the show, and he, like, lets other, like, you know, segments know, okay, well, this went over here, this went under here, you have this much time now. You know, and then if something happens there, they, you know, down the line. So, you know, maybe they didn't have that in place, being first-time bookers. I mean, mm -hmm. I know Cody would know about that, you know, aspect of it. Um, but, you know, it, it's a difficult thing putting to, together a show like this. It did, for me, it kind of ended, I mean, it was a great match for what they did. I just wish they had more time. time yeah. You know, it was kind of a way to end kind of flat. Um, but let's talk about Rey Mysterio's costume. Oh. <laughs> it's like he knew this was the perfect time to come out as Wolverine. I know! He was missing the fire claws, though. Oh, <laughs> this is the first time I saw Rey Phoenix, though, Russell. Mm. Holy shit. And Bandito? My God, those men are talented. I mean, fucking seamless. Especially mm. for, like, the time that they had. Like, they were getting in all their spots, but they were making it look so smooth, man. And Ray Phoenix is brothers with Pentagon. How crazy is that? How talented is that family? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I was impressed with what they had, you know, mm. <laughs> that 10, 15 minutes. Um, I thought that was, I mean, I would like to watch it back. I'm wondering if it's more entertaining now, knowing that they're racing the clock and everything, watching them get all their spots and everything. But at the time, yeah, it was like, what the hell, man? You know, it just, I wish they had more time. Um, so, like, I was expecting, like, them to get on the mic at the end of the show and kind of address the fans. And they did, but it was right. just off camera. Um, so it was a weird way to end the show, you know. And I think also made me want that Cody moment at the end of the show mm -hmm. even more because of that. So, but if um, things had stayed the same, that would have been rushed. That would have been rushed, but then maybe that maybe that Cody moment went over too, though. There was that awkward moment in between that match, mm. you know, in the middle of the match where, like, I don't know, it felt like he lost his blade or something. Um, so, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I overall, what would you rank this? What would you give it star rating? Um, I mean, for me, it hit all the marks that I wanted with like everything that we had been led up to at this point. Um, I'd give it a, I'd give it a four. I, I'm going to give it a solid four. I think the only thing I really like, I felt like if would have added even more to me, if, um, OGB club, both of was a part of it in some way, like capacity. So Tom Otago was actually there. Oh, he was there and they were saying that, like, I think he teased on Twitter that he was going to do something during the show. But then he was a notion like he the, for some reason I don't know if it got cut because of time mm. or whatnot but yeah so like he was there so people they, you're not alone I mean people did expect him to be part of it so um because there was interviews all weekend with him you know at Starcast and everything that they had going on so that seemed like one hell of a convention too I wish I could have gone to that mm. um, but yeah no um I agree with you I I would have to say a solid four for it um that's I'm probably grading on a curve, um, you know, because I felt like the, the first half of the card didn't really, you know, hold up to, you know, 
the limelight that it was kind of cast in originally, mm. but overall, I felt like the bottom half of the card delivered so much, um, you know, and just what the event, like I said before, means to the industry as a whole, um, you know, the fact that it's really, uh, Cody said it in one of his speeches, that it, it shows you that WWE does not own wrestling, you know, that, you know, us fans, we are the ones who own wrestling. Mm-hmm. And wrestling means and looks different to everyone. And just, you know, this really feeling like, you know, the like indie WrestleMania, if you will. Or maybe more so like the B in the Elite WrestleMania, because mm-hmm. it really was booked that way. But, you know, it just as a fan of, you know, the whole YouTube series and, you know, that core group of wrestlers. I don't see how you couldn't love the shit, yes. you know. So it was just a fun card. I thought it was well booked, you know, with everything that they did with the, you know, the show and everything. It led perfectly into this, um, you know. So I mean, just seeing what this was makes me only that more excited. What being the elite plus all in could be by next year. Well, what it's an exciting time just because of you look at. You know, once again, I'll go back to the big money deal, the WWE Cup, you know, with Fox, you know, getting that much money, you know, because companies are looking for original content, you know, and mm-hmm. wrestling is something that always performs well. So I feel like that opens up doors for, you know, companies like ROH and TNA and mm-hmm. everything. And if people catch wind of like, you know, what this show did and you know like look at like how much of a movement like the bullet club has you know really you know had over the last like couple of years you know how they've got this like whole like cult like following going um you know, which i feel like is very much you know reminiscent of like you know old school ecw back in the day um I really feel like, you know, they might end up like at least one of those companies end up like backing into like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, an actual TV, like major TV time, you know, and like, you know, wrestling, you know, finally having like a real number two to go to. I mean, you have, you know, yes, all these great like indie promotions and New Japan and ROH, um, but like. I would love to see it on like primetime TV again mm-hmm. um, on a weekly basis, you know, on like a channel that's accessible for everyone, um, you know. And I mean, I guess nowadays you don't need that with streaming and everything exactly. like that. But God, I would just love competition, like real competition for the WWE again. I would love it because I feel like it's just best for everyone. Mm. And that's when the WWE performs at its best. And that's when everything, and that's when everyone else is like, and God, those were great times, man. Those late 90s were fantastic as a wrestling fan. Be able to flip back and forth like that. Um, you know, and we're getting there. I feel like we've got that, you know, wrestling is over again, you know. So, and a lot of that has to do with what, you know, All In is all about and what, you know, being the lead has been all about. So, um, that's saying a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we're all in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I think that's going to do it for this week. That is. That's it. All right, so before we go, there's some podcasts that we think you should also be checking out right now. Uh, first, just in time with the J&T Baggers. Uh, three broke stoners with limitless potential arguing about and laughing at everything life puts in front of them, mostly music and film. Go ahead and check them out on all your popular podcast forums. Uh, next up, we've got Ace This Podcast. 
We are a new up-and-coming podcast that talk about, well, anything. From news to sports to serial killers. Hey. (laughs) I'm in. Uh, Come take a listen. That totally sounds like I'm a serial killer or something. <laughs> you paused on I just that realized, too long. Hey, they're talking about me. Uh, <laughs> there are no bodies in this basement, Christian. Um, next up, we've got friends of the show, Heroes Garage, a superhero fantasy and science fiction podcast by fans for fans. Um, check out Tom and Friends over at Anchor, I believe. Yes, um, and they're on like about nine other. Yes, I they're on, I know they're on iTunes and yes. everything. Tom also does great reviews, so go ahead and follow him on Twitter. So, all right, next up we have one giant leap for geeks. Each week we give a comedic take on all things pop culture, from movies, games, anime, TV shows, comics, and more. So go ahead and check them out. All right, and then make sure that you're checking us out. You know, we're on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, I keep wanting to say our social media. Why are we writing this down? (laughs) (laughs) We're better than this, Christian. Yes, Player FM, Podbean, um, Heart Radio, Radio, Spreaker, Spreaker, Google Play, Google Play, Podbean. I already said Podbean. Well, whatever. Podbean. (laughs) Hey, Google searches, we're everywhere. We are everywhere. (laughs) Spotify? Yeah, Spotify. That's right, Spotify. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you could also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, yes. and Twitter. Um, each one will have different contacts, so definitely we make it a worthy follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great way to interact with us. Yes, so. you can see the most recent images for Captain Marvel on them right now. We are trying to stay current right now. Yes. It is a task <laughs> <laughs> when you work for a living, but we're doing our best. Yes. So, um, but yeah, and just posting interesting content here and there. So, um, but yeah, uh, also, uh, please, people, we're on our knees begging. Well, I am at least. Give us a rate. Give us a subscribe. Give us a review on iTunes. It really is the life force for any podcast right now. Christian begs to no man. But Shut please. Up. He'll beg to me later. <laughs> <laughs> but I do ask that, that you. dirty. I, I'm trying to walk past it. And you uh, keep going to well, it. Oh, you're begging. Let's, leave the, <laughs> let's leave the people with that image. <laughs> what for? We don't know. Oh, jeez. Um, but I do agree with Damon. We do like this uh, for you to follow us and to give us your reviews. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Uh, we love doing this and we want to keep doing it. Yes, please. Support us, please. Support. <laughs> if you like what we're doing, give us some support, people. All right, I'll make sure that you're checking out our house DJ. Greg Brebner over on SoundCloud. All Give right. him a follow. Uh, and then you're probably enjoying our house band that plays at the end of every episode now. Them Guilty Aces. Yes. Local Chicago band. Great rockabilly band. Uh, they are on iTunes right now. Go ahead and download their recent EP. And they also have a couple videos up on YouTube now. So yes. check them out. All right, and that's going to do it for the show. I'm Christian. And I'm David. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show.